0: To another episode of Story Screen Presents Cathode Raycast. I am Bernadette Gorman White, your host for this evening, and I'm joined today by Stamper,
1: Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Jack Kalajeski. Yay.
0: Good presentation of names. Yeah, thanks. Nice. Thank you. Uh, we are getting into Legion Season 1 on FX today, which aired back in 2016.
2: Was it 2016?
3: Oh, no, I it was
0: 2017. Was it the beginning no, of 2017?
2: No. It was last year. It Must was last been. year because yeah. dur-
1: I remember it was during when we started <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, it was during when we started recording podcasts and we were like, we should really do a Legion episode.
0: For sure, for sure. I think later. it started in 2016. Oh, you I might remember be right. when it came out uh-huh. it overlapped. Ah. It overlapped a little mm. bit. Uh,
2: Regardless, we're Regardless, we're here to talk about season 1 of season Legion. Season 1
0: of yes. Legion, uh which season 2 just premiered yes. a week ago. Mm-hmm. I think today, Only one of us but has we're the scoop. we're kind of doing the
2: uh, Stranger Things season two thing exactly. here, where we're doing the season one first. We'll come back around to two. Exactly.
0: Yes. yes. Uh, we definitely wanted to do this later on to hopefully prompt some of you to go out and start watching it if you already missed it the first time around. But please go back because they're all available on Hulu. You yeah, watch, watch. Yeah, Legion. So I it. Watch yeah, it.
1: Legion is very
2: good. I'm telling a lot of people you should watch Legion. Me too. Yeah, I've been like,
0: oh my god. So, Jack, these may be fighting words, but in that context of that year, when I thought Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me was going to be my favorite thing on television of that year, it was actually Legion. Well, Firewalk with, me. Firewalk with, firewalk me, with me. with Me. Sorry. Twin in, Peaks uh, The Return. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow, you liked Legion more than The Return. <laughs> I did. That's another demon we'll exercise on another day. Collectively. Yes.
0: We can definitely <laughs> try, um, get in drama. Let's, let's
2: just talk about Legion for now. Of course. And uh, leave Twin Peaks out of this. Of
0: course. But yeah, it's definitely exciting television. In a time where television is becoming more exciting, but I feel like there was a little bit of a lull. And then Legion swooped in and said, like, remember? Like, we can do all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. And heighten this media. There was a lot of
1: crazy TV last year, though. Because there, yeah. there was Twin Peaks, which I didn't watch, but I'm assuming was Crazy. bananas it was nuts. Yeah. yeah and then also there was american gods which Season is one, like pretty yes. fucking bananas there
2: was some good weird fiction tv so is we're naming the things
0: that we that really before? like which yeah it was like at the top of the pyramid we for sure, sure. we
2: like weird shit on tv yeah. especially like it's yeah. it's more rare i think to see like a surrealist format on tv right and legion was for
0: sure very surreal right and the chaos tree. So for you listeners who might not know what Legion is about, Legion season one starts out, it presents to you in the first episode that there is this man named David, who has been in a psychiatric hospital for about six years, dealing with the fact that he's been told his entire life that he is schizophrenic, to learn that he might not be schizophrenic, and for the different reasons why. Mm -hmm. And that is the basic premise to the show.
2: Yeah, and it's an X-Men show. Yes. But like a low-key X-Men show. They
0: slowly start getting into that. Yeah. The mm-hmm. further you go in the series. They put a
2: lot of
1: Xs playfully in, in
0: all the, the backgrounds. backgrounds.
1: Yeah.
2: And also in the like uh, typeface for Legion. Yeah. You see yeah.
0: the door to Cerebro. <clears throat> in, yeah. in Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for people who get it, get it. But for people who might not necessarily be into X-Men, this is teaching you like, it's, you could get into this. There's
2: a lot of. Easter eggs
1: yeah. in there. I mean, For Legion sure. is from the comics, but I don't think that he's, like, a... He's not one of the big X-Men. He has a very interesting lore, which maybe we can talk about later in the episode. But, like, you know, I think when they were first talking about, like, when you hear the mumblings, like, FX is doing an X-Men show, it's Legion. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs>
3: yeah. I don't right, know what that right. is. So I didn't know yeah, what to expect. I'm wondering
4: too. Where is this linearly with the other lore like where does this line up yeah well the thing <laughs> is wrong. the movie lore
2: is so already we're all on
3: confusing. the same page we're yeah. like well, i don't know
2: i think that's one of the show's strengths is it it's kind of within that x-men universe and it is uh 21st century fox so mm-hmm. it is they can say mutant legally right. on the show ah. um but it kind of doesn't strain itself to exist within any of that like concerned. other 21st century fox marvel x-men stuff going right. on like it doesn't have anything to do really directly or indirectly with the movies like any of the um any of the like already established x-men movies yeah, it's kind of its own thing
1: i think it was right. brian singer being a producer that's pretty he much the only really yeah. like link I think there movies. was a lot of
2: big producers. I think James Cameron is credited as a producer really? and some of that stuff okay.
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, uh thematically, <clears throat> the, the vibe of the show when you're watching it, you're kind of reading it as like 60s and 70s. For sure. But yeah. when you get to the end of that first run, this first season, you do kind of have to go back and think about it because you're seeing this show for the most part through David's interpretation of the world. Right. Yeah. And, and the fact understand. that One of the other characters that is later revealed that plays a big part in how you're perceiving things might not have been on the face of the planet realistically since, like, maybe the 70s or the 60s. So you have to kind of wonder, like, are we seeing it in this lens because of this is its actual time period? Or are we seeing it because it's perceived in this way because of this particular character, which we'll get into later on?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really confusing.
2: Well, I think... So the, the whole show is structured in a way that is surreal. In a way that to the viewer is like very kind of keeps you off guard. You're not really sure what's really going on. You're not really sure when it's taking place. And I think part of what it does is sort of – you guys have seen It Follows, right?
4: Yeah. I have not actually. I actually haven't. Okay. Either. So – I don't know that I want to from what I've
2: heard about it's it. It's very good. I like it, it a It Follows is cool. Um, but one of the things It Follows does – as a horror movie to kind of put the viewer on their like back, back foot a little bit is by like making it seem kind of out of place in time. Mm -hmm. So they're showing you like scenes that clearly, clearly it seems like the summer, like people that are swimming or whatever. And then the next scene they're wearing like heavy coats Mm -hmm. and then they're watching something on TV and it's like an old tube TV um, okay. in black and white but then at the same time they're holding like a phone that looks like it's modern day not even not modern day like post-modern day oh so okay. i think what legion is doing in the same way is like like one of the characters ptolemy is constantly ptolemy is, <laughs> is constantly wearing like um like almost world war ii era like clothing he uses mm-hmm. world war ii era weapons mm-hmm. um But, like, I think it's supposed to be sort of out of time in the way that, like, you're not really supposed to know exactly when it's supposed to take place. And it's doing that on purpose by introducing all these different elements that, like, put it in different eras, kind of.
0: Right. And I think that's part
2: of what's supposed to add to the, like, the surreal vibe that the show is going for.
0: Right, right. Especially when Potonomy later in the series... Like, I think it's like episode eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. He does say, like, I like to consider myself a time traveler. Sure, yeah. And this is when he's kind of in a position where he doesn't recognize his full power. Right. But yeah, I think that speaks to the whole show. Is yeah, The show fancies itself a time traveler. Because mm-hmm. you're sure. seeing a lot of things disjointed. And a lot of the memories and the flashbacks that you see throughout the show, you don't know if they're necessarily yeah. flashbacks.
2: It's very nonlinear.
0: It's very <clears> cool, <throat> yeah.
1: Especially that first episode is... Uh, Jack and I talked about it before, but like the first the pilot to this show is one of the best pilots to a TV show ever made. Period. Agreed. Yeah. That's just it. And there's some good ones out there. Mm-hmm. Like six, six Feet six feet Under has a great pilot episode. So much so you don't need to watch the show afterwards. <laughs> you really, it looks like you really fucking
0: want to, I guess. Yeah, but, Twin Peaks has an amazing pilot. Mm. Like, yeah, certain shows definitely reserve that right. Say oh, like, yeah. Like, and this show, is- like...
1: You know, I think even when you're watching the second episode, when they start doing some world building and stuff, it almost seems, like, too linear, even though, like, who knows what it, what is the real, like, reality of the show, even. But that pilot episode is, it's, like, jazz. Like, it's it's chaos, but it's, like... Noise jazz. It's noise For jazz. Sure. And, yeah. like, not even just the soundtrack, but I think just, like... Visually. The, visually, the cinematography. It's a cacophony. Yes. Yeah. Of it's sight and sound. Because it, like, it... It's just an explosion of you know, it's 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 a it paints a really good picture of how David's mind works. Right. Where he's a shattered human being and he just can hear everything. Who's to say that he can't hear all time as well? Who's right. to say that he even exists in one time period?
0: Right. Yeah, especially that first episode and leading into the rest of the season, yeah, you're right. It's like you're trying to focus in on what's important. Mm-hmm. Just like David is. Right. We're being presented so many different things. And also we have to remember that we're looking
4: through his gaze while he's dealing with schizophrenia and potentially these powers, but also under medication. Right. So we're seeing things through this totally skewed view where he's just seeing this warped reality. We're being presented this warped reality. And we're wondering, okay, so what comes
0: next? Like, what's real? What isn't real? Mm
2: -mm. That's especially true in the first episode. For
0: sure. For sure. It's almost too perfect. That yeah, the the hospital he is in is called Clockworks,
3: right? And there's mm-hmm. so
0: many circular areas within Clockworks. We're trying to figure out like the rotation of time, the rotation of characters. Yeah, I've never definitely. Of that.
2: Yeah, there's a lot going on in this show. Yeah, a like, lot. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know about you guys. I, I rewatched all this like in the past couple of days. Yes. yes. Um. After seeing it when it originally aired last year. Um. So just going back to it and watching it again, having seen the entire thing, I was just like, even still, I feel like I could watch through a couple more times and still like you're still trying to piece it all together.
1: I mean, even when was it? you guys said like, oh, yeah, he's been in the in the hospital for like six years. I was like, oh, like I didn't know because like, t- well, like you time just weren't listening. Sh- they say it's yeah. pretty yeah. clearly. <laughs> I was choosing. That <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Well, that was I didn't pick
1: up on. I mean, you know, not to defend my point, but like time is, like you said earlier on, is like very ambiguous and like they they jump back and forth, especially in the first episode, they they jump just everywhere. But I think by the end of the episode, like you really learn what's going on, which I think is like really like there's some artistry like there, yeah, I have what's going on like plot wise perhaps, but like or like i think that i mean that's what i'm saying like you know what's going on plot wise you don't know what the overall picture is you don't know who to trust necessarily but you kind of know like well he's meeting up with these people and they're going somewhere i mean that first they're episode the thing, you know? that
2: first episode moves
4: yeah it covers oh, yeah. so much it flashes to him in the room with the agent who's prying for questions and then back mm-hmm. to the ward and then to what's going on as a child and what led up to this point. It's like, and what's, what's actually happening in those moments? What time are we in? Yeah. Are we with him in the room? Are we with him in the asylum? We're kind of everywhere with him and he's trying to maybe sew it all together
0: himself because he's being so confused with everything that's going on. All right. I think it's very clever that multiple times during the season, David asks, mostly Sid, but he'll ask, is this real? I still don't know. Is this real? Yeah. Where are we now? And it's the question that we're meant to ask as an audience, too.
2: There's a monologue. I don't want to jump ahead too much because I think we have a lot to say about the pilot.
0: Sure. Specifically. We could have a whole podcast on the pilot.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think we could probably have a whole podcast on every episode mm-hmm. of this show. We're going to... Ambitiously, we're going to try to put it all into one. But um, there's a monologue at the end of the at the end of the series in the final episode where David is talking to Sid and he's talking about schizophrenia specifically. And he says to her, like the most dangerous thing about schizophrenia is yourself or the disease convincing you that you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And then he puts that in the context of him being in clockworks for six years with what he perceived at least as schizophrenia and and just sitting there under medication and doing nothing. And then all of a sudden now he's the hero who has power
3: to help people.
2: And he has agency. And I think that's such a powerful theme of the show in general is like the idea of mental health and like taking a new perspective on mental health and putting it through the lens of, you know, supernatural powers and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But like really like digging into the idea of, each of the characters psyche on Mm -hmm. the show and each of these characters have powers that directly relate to their own real life anxieties. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the way that the show presents all these different characters with those anxieties, is really, really interesting. Um, uh, And I think, like, that that scene specifically where David goes back to talking about schizophrenia and, like, convincing yourself that you don't have it and that these voices are not, you know, not your illness is a really powerful one. I think it goes back to the kind of unreliable narrator aspect of the show that we're still not sure at the end of season one, like, one way or another.
1: I I I think that idea plays on the fact that, you know, he, I think he himself doubts that the people at Somerset, right?
0: Summerland. Summerland.
1: Summerland. Yeah. The people at Summerland are even real themselves. or even right. help him? He's just like, how do I know that you're not?
3: How do just, I know this is just head. all like right. in my it's head? Places. Like, is this agency yeah. false?
0: Like, it's such a good foil too that his girlfriend, Sid Barrett, the, his closest connection to Summerland, is a person who can't be touched. Yeah, and right. Doesn't mm. like being touched. Yeah. So yeah, he has to constantly have that. Also going through his head like. If I can't touch you, are you really real? He
2: doesn't have the physical reassurance that she's actually there.
0: Right. Right. And I think we as an audience, I, I think it's funny. I think Noah Hawley at one point when he was being interviewed about season one said that he wasn't trying to make a confusing show. He was like, I'm trying to like
3: give <laughs> you the answers.
2: <laughs> Noah, you fucked up. I, I
0: think that was him being coy yeah. because yeah, no, no one just, has any answers. We're just thinking yeah. <laughs> too
2: hard
1: on it being critical podcasters. Yeah, maybe. And we're actually the more
0: like the second run through and the third, like. I've seen the first half of the season three times, but I've seen all of it twice. Mm -hmm. And actually, the more I think about it, sometimes the more it crumbles. What I think I have a handle on. So it's interesting in that way, too. Sure. It makes me feel like I'm going crazy as a viewer.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's fascinating the way that they pulled that off with the structure of the show.
0: Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Making us constantly wonder. And then what you were saying about him questioning himself and all of his past experiences leading up to the end. Mm -hmm. That's what we're left with. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, what what's the second season going to be about then?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second season has premiered. The three of us have not seen it. Yeah, Berta have...
1: has.
0: I, yeah, <laughs> I, I had to watch the first one. No, Pretend no,
2: for understand. today that you have
3: not.
0: Oh, yeah. I have a pretty good chance, because especially since I've seen the first season so many times, mm-hmm. twice. But I've only watched the first episode once, and it was before I went back for my refresher mm. on season one. So I think that that episode's a little foreign to me, and I'm probably going to notice things more now yeah. that I've rewatched the first season yeah. going to that episode. But yeah, I definitely think I can keep it contained because I thought a lot about this first season. Yeah. A lot, a lot.
1: It's a lot of food for thought in it.
0: I like that there are three really solid monologues throughout this, just like you were saying, Jack, that mm-hmm. one at the end. There's another monologue through Sid, the girlfriend, the one who switches bodies with people that is her power or her curse oh when she when bodies
2: her, aren't really yours
0: mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. your skin touches skin that <clears throat> monologue and then also there's one episode that's kind of told like a mystery where she is having little bits of monologue throughout the episode saying like this is the mission we were on to find David. oh yeah oh, mm-hmm. yeah and to find what was real were we seeing what we really saw or were we seeing a they memory show the end
2: first hmm. yeah Breaking Bad style, almost. Yes. Yeah.
0: And then the third monologue that really stuck out to me was there's a character named Dr. Oliver Bird, mm-hmm. and it starts out, I believe, episode four.
3: Oh yeah. And That's when you first meet him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: When you first like officially meet that
3: you character, go, you go into the it, ice he cube. He
0: opens, yes. that episode. Yes. yes. And you're wondering what's wrong
4: with this guy? Because and he kept where is he? <laughs> correcting himself, he couldn't really piece together a
0: sentence,
4: and, and, and he, he gives.
0: Was- yeah And he gives a story about empathy and fear, and he said, these are the two that we're going to talk about throughout the rest of the series. Like, yeah. which one related to you? Are you more empathetic or are you more fearful?
2: Well, I think like this show itself has a very distinct way of writing and of acting. Like a lot of these Marvel shows, there's kind of the difference between the shows that are on like Netflix. And the ones that are on um, the WB, right? Or what what was it? The The CW. Sorry, excuse me. No longer the WB. These like superhero TV shows, right? And like. There's a different level of like writing and acting between those two. It, it came up because also I told I was, I, yes. you I was. Yes. But I told someone like <laughs> I was telling someone about this show and I was like, you should really check out Legion. It's really cool. It's like, you know, it's it's very interesting and trippy. And they're like, uh, is it on the CW? Is it like Arrow? And mad. I was like, No, 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 oh no, no, no. God. Like, no offense to those shows. I've not watched them. I've heard from people that they're very good, but also they're on the CW. So me, I'm a little bit
0: skeptical. They can only but be so good because this
2: show. On the it's a low ceiling, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> this show has a very particular way of writing its characters and having the actors portray the characters because it's kind of Alice in Wonderlandy. Like we're all mad here, right? Like. Mm-hmm each of these characters have their own way of speaking and presenting themselves that is, like, just disjointed in a way that it sometimes feels like bad acting, but sometimes it just is like, no, they're just kind of all nuts in their own way. And the whole show, like, all of it has that vibe. All of it has that, like, just something about it is not quite right. It's all just surreal in a way that just kind of tweaks your brain in a way, I think, that just makes you think, like... It makes it tough to... It's like looking at a blurry image, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think one of the strengths of the show and the difference between like your CWs or even your Netflix shows is that <clears throat> it doesn't lean super hard into the superhero mythos yeah. of what's going on. And I think that's to the show's benefit. Like, it is X-Men show. These characters do have powers, but the show is not predicated on just what it means to be powerful. It's, like, what it means to be in control. What it means to be... to understand what is real. And I think that, you know, you could do... you could be a diehard Legion fan from the comics, but, like, that doesn't really help you here. And I think that's to the show's benefit. Whereas, like, you know, when you're watching something like Gotham, you're just like, well, when am I going to see the next... when am I going to see Riddler be young Riddler? Where's the Joker? Do, where's the Joker doing the Joker shit? You know, it's predicated on all this knowledge we have from the comic books. And I think that, like...
0: And High Camp as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, there's an there's the audience for that as well. And, like, people are into that. But, you know, I think myself and I have a feeling that three other people around me feel the same way. <laughs> Where we, you know, we like the nuggets of superhero stuff. We all like Avenger movies and whatnot. We all like that shit, you know. But when they take the nugget of like those comic books and make it into something new and something grander. And like, I, I did a little bit of research on like Legion from the comics and even like the, uh, uh, Farooq and all that stuff. And like, you know, it's interesting, but this is, I can tell you guys already, this is the best interpretation of those characters that exists it's
2: just presented in such a unique way exactly i think from all of those different kinds of like comic book presentations but they're they're
1: pulling strings from the comic books and you know they wouldn't be there without them so like to the source materials credit like there's some really good ideas there but like the show is is putting it on such a like high octane next level where so is the best interpretation i think we will ever see these characters yeah
0: yeah, yeah. There's one character, uh, especially in the first episode. The only moment where it's like a little like, oh gosh, this is really superheroy, is uh, there's one character named Rudy. And his powers, he's able to throw things. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that guy at the end. And
1: yeah. he
3: can,
0: like, throw bodies, he can throw rocks. He has the power to throw things long distances. It's a little
3: confusing, because so like, a little is he te- telekinetic? He's telekinetic. In in a way, yeah. And
0: then David almost had similar powers. You mean? Yeah, yeah. In, like, offensively, exactly. for sure. But he's mm-hmm.
2: hes fun in the way he just, like, does a little finger motion, is. and, like, <laughs> it's just, like, comically, like, you're in another state. Like, right. They make
3: that lower
1: budget really work, because, right. like, you know, they, they it's like, like, instead of trying to make a realistic throw, let's make it look fucking insane. Crazy. Yeah, it's like yeah. that looks better. Yeah.
0: You know. And that's why I think that works so well for this show is that like the only really oversaturated superpower or mutant power mm. is that one. And yeah, they used it sparingly. And yeah. they knew to not let that bleed into the rest of the show. They wanted to set it as X-Men. realistic as possible. It lends yeah. itself and it to like the fantastical aspect of it
4: in the questioning of whether it's real or not. And what I loved moreover about the entire series was how psychological it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the constant questioning and whether these people were shades of something he's projecting the whole while, because you just are, I'll say it over and over again. You're just constantly wondering what's truly going on. Yeah. Even the way, like some of the aerial shots when he is being um, rescued, um, the way that they're all filing down and the way, you know, these villains are being kind of tackled and whatnot, it almost felt like a video game, like you were suddenly yeah. in a video <clears> game. <throat> and so the most linear a part survive. of the
1: episode, you know? Mm. Like, they're all, they're, like, doing, like, this kind of, like, escape mission. Mm-hmm. And it's the only part of the episode that kind of moves in a straight line.
2: Well, it's a mm. long take. It's a, yeah, unbroken a very long take. Yeah, it's a very long one take, yeah. right?
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of takes in that first episode are surprisingly well maneuvered. There are some cool long takes in the show, yeah. You see Clockworks in a long take once, you see the facility in the pool in a long take once, Mm -hmm. and then that scene at the end is very impressive.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's cool when they move through the facility in that long take, yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys want to dial in on the pilot? Because, like, I I think we all probably have a lot to say about the pilot specifically. We already have, but, like...
0: Sure, sure. And that will lend better, too, to get into these characters, too, and who we like the most and yeah for sure going through there so yeah that pilot opening up with the who and having that scene of like david growing up just
2: great music in general like throughout this whole season oh yeah for
0: sure yeah
1: when they have the uh the feist song later from i think it's from medals it's uh it's during the fight not to get away from the pilot we just I yeah, we just day. dialed in on the <laughs> just Let's talk about the second. music. Way to second. go, Robbie. That's fine, that's my fine. fucking
0: bad.
2: <laughs>
1: that's Not fine. to derail the podcast, but uh, I think one of my favorite like musical moments, because there's a bunch, like every episode either has like a mid-musical moment or kind of a finale. There's one part uh, that has a fight song in it and it's when um, the guy who has two bodies, the guy yeah. and the girl who has two Car- bodies, Car- 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 when Carrie Car- 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 Oh is yeah, getting the, like, fight scene. the fight scene and she's getting oh, her ass kicked at the end. They're all just beating on It's like, this is
3: so
2: good. <laughs> that scene is fucking amazing, incredible. Because and you're he's
0: Carry also, carrying the feet, and so, well, he's fighting too.
2: Even before yeah. that, he's too. like dancing as Carrie is fighting. Mm-hmm. There's something else going on at the same. That's time. a song off the best Feist record. It's also. when
0: uh, Sid is approaching the eye. And right, when they're having their showdown and Patatami has been taken out, right, and mm-hmm. it's like Sid making that he choice. Takes of saying, she takes the glove off. She like, takes the glove off. Oh, yeah. the switch. Yeah. yeah, this is my only way out of the situation and right. to be in control. Yeah, such a good, powerful scene. Yeah,
2: yeah. I want to come back to that when we yes. start talking about the carries.
0: Oh yes, their carries. connection. It's one of my favorite things I've ever. It's
2: so good. But let's go back to the pilot. My bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> That's totally lead fine. us
2: back in, Burn. Uh, Take take the wheel. Okay.
0: (laughs) So the pilot, what you get is what David has interpreted his life to be up until this point. What we're really getting in that first episode is David's institutionalization uh, and his relationship with his sister, who is like really his only connection to the outside world at all.
2: Very one flew over the cuckoo's
0: nest. Very much so. And dealing with... uh, Meeting Sid and Sid kind of being his shining light, who also happens to just have kind of a strange thing going on herself. Yeah, but yeah, you definitely get introduced to all of these very interesting characters, mm-hmm. and then probably maybe the most interesting character in the whole show, Lenny. Right. Getting right. to okay. know Lenny. It's about time we talked about Lenny. We got to yes. talk about Lenny. <laughs> We're, uh, we've yes. been
1: pushing it to the side. <laughs> definitely. You know, Applause is not in the show, but she
4: fucking is.
0: Oh. oh.
2: What this about Lenny Stamper?
0: <laughs> well,
4: what about Lenny and the weird shadow monster that pops up every once in a while, like that grotesque creature, the devil with the yellow One eyes. One of the yeah. most
1: terrifying Which,
2: monsters, and it's just like a fat white guy. But like they do
4: it's introduce like the of horrifying.
3: Gluttony, you yeah. Know, yeah, they Ugh.
2: introduce him in the first episode as just, and for m- many of the subsequent episodes, where you're still not really sure. What this is, he's kind like, of there, especially in the first episode, you just get there are a lot of flashbacks to moments in David's life that he's evaluating that we come back to later on as they start doing the memory work. Mm-hmm. But flashes of moments of from David's life as he's being interviewed by
0: oh, uh, Hamish Linklater's character, yes, yes,
2: <laughs> who they only say his name once, Clark, Clark, yes um
0: they say it a little bit more towards the end of the season too yeah right in the last episode
2: yeah clark comes back he's primarily in the first episode and then he comes back later on but
0: you don't really know who he is or what he does
2: exactly yeah but you get flashes of david's life and this plays in more later in the season where they're looking back at david's life where he's episodes in his life where he is exhibiting traits of schizophrenia that may also be his power And then you see these like flashes of... This creature. Yes, this creature. Glitches, they kind of call it. Yeah. 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 And like, it's such a cool way to like show this from, in the first episode especially, like the music, the way the music cuts, and it's like harsh violins Mm -hmm. every time you see him. And he's always just kind of like (laughs) there (laughs) in the fringes and in the background, like especially at the end of the episode where they're getting onto the boat and just sees him like
0: Hiding in, in the, the little
2: cave, the cave. like uh-huh. the encove kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. so good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But like, Aubrey Plaza comes out of the gate as Lenny, like, just portraying this amazing She's character. She's
1: the best Part of oh. the show, who's gonna fight me on that? Who wants to this table? I uh, wanted no this table. I was gonna say, because a... I have my brass knuckles on ready to no. whack
3: one We're of your guys. You. Like, <laughs> I, I
2: will, really uh, thought that She's, she's... <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> she's the best performance, yes. And not the even best... close, it's not even close. She's the best performance. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Dan really Stevens is for. admirable. I think Dan Stevens does a really good job. Well, Jermaine comes close, I think. yeah. And oh, for sure. Jermaine, <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. And the carries. And Jermaine the Clement is a fucking gift to the world in everything we that he does. We don't deserve Oh, absolutely.
4: Have
2: you guys seen yes. Moana? No, actually. Oh
1: my God! Is he a vote, his, voice actor? I've heard he, he's good. His song in Moana is amazing.
0: He's the crab.
2: Okay. Yeah. that is the best. That's the <laughs> best <laughs> case.
0: Jermaine is a crab. That Jemaine, is the best
2: case, and Jemaine. I've been told he by many, many stuff. people that Moana is good. Moana that's is the, really is one of the best. Like, if they would have told
0: you that Jermaine was in it, you would have seen it already. That's the
2: best case anyone has <laughs> ever made for watching Moana. So. His
1: his one song in it is like one of my favorite Disney songs. Period. Okay. Cool. Well, you guys it's haven't
0: seen Men in Black Three yet would you need to no, also oh, that's <laughs> so, that's in black 3
2: come out. the that's first like, oh, yeah. case i've ever heard of you should watch men in black 3 so a lot of a lot of interesting <laughs> a lot of
0: Jermaine stuff going on to I, do uh,
1: fly of the
2: concords jack oh. i have seen <laughs> fly the concords oh, oh, so i was good. gonna
1: say Jermaine is in <laughs> fly of the concords oh he's interesting one of he's one of the concords the yeah he's one of he's one the, the two concords i see oh he flies <laughs> yes. Oh, he
0: falls. So yeah, I love that in that pilot episode that Lenny <laughs> is a character.
2: <laughs> this is why she's the host. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that Lenny you don't really know the context of this character at all and you see that she is a friend of David's and she exists to other people because other people also have conversations with her. It's right. not just a figment mm-hmm. of David alone. Mm-hmm. It is a character that you think could very well be another patient in clockworks and then you see her murdered in the context of the first episode
2: right
0: right and then later on you see her ghost haunting david right and of course because david is schizophrenic that makes sense to him
3: yeah
0: and all in the context of the first episode because you it's such a good setup to be like who is this character you want to know more about her because she seems to kind of maybe have david's best interests at heart and why Seems to. Seems to.
2: But so much of that is just goes back to like the major theme of the show where, you know, Sid says it in the first episode, like your whole life you're told you're not normal. So David exhibits or he sees all these things like he's talking to Lenny after she's been killed. Um, he sees these things out of the corner of his eye and his whole life he's just been told that's your Ill- illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're sick. There's something wrong with you. Rather than being critical about any of these yeah. things or thinking about any of these things. Yeah, if you're born exactly. and
1: someone tells you you're allergic to peanut butter and you're not, you're going to grow up your whole life thinking think you're fucking you. allergic not to peanut butter. Exactly, you know, You're
2: like, just not going to do it. He, and that's, that's the line from Sid is like, you know, you're told what's normal and you're told when you're not normal. But how does someone else know? Right.
0: Right. And I like that she does say, too. She was like, so she's sitting in a group session with a bunch of different characters yeah. in Clockwork's she was She says to the one who was moderating this session, like, "All right, go ahead and tell us again why we're all crazy." right?" And he says, "Oh, speak to that. What are you saying?" She says, "Well, you know, we're told that the thing that put us in here is what makes us crazy, but doesn't that just make us us?" Right. And David yeah. really struggles with that his entire season too. Right. And that's like such figuring a theme out
1: of the show. The parasite the has been here the whole time. <coughs> Who am I without,
0: without it? Without it.
1: Exactly. I think he literally says that at some point in the show. But it's a good point. Like if we grew up with this kind of like psychosis or even like he grew up with an imaginary friend who stayed around a little too long. What are or you a dog, it? let's say. <laughs> or an imaginary dog yeah, exactly. named King, who you thought was totally a real dog named King.
2: Um, let's go back to Sid, though. Sure. Because especially that scene, like the way that they introduce Sid, She's I really like the too. way that scene is shot specifically. Because Sid sits down at the like group talk that they have and like... It's a very odd way to shoot a scene because there's, like, a very strong light source right behind mm-hmm. her head.
0: She, like, materializes and out of the light light like, she's pretty much like
2: Exactly. She's pretty much, like, you can't focus on her because the light is so strong behind her that you can't really see her figure as she's talking about this, like, sense of normalcy and how that defines who you are as a person. So what do you guys think about Sid?
0: Yeah, I wish that Especially was that almost... Scene. Her first introduction because you do see her just a little bit earlier right. in the episode, and David instantly locks in on her, and so does Lenny.
2: I love the way <laughs> Lenny talks about her in that <laughs> scene.
0: She's like, We have a new contender in the yeah. race. <laughs> she's got a nice rear, or whatever she said. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: And it was he, like so
1: weird how like misogynistic Lenny is. And like she's just like gross. <laughs> like
4: well, she's like well we found out find out well, later, we find She's out the later voice in David's. But like
1: head. the uh you know, to to see her what he's thinking. To see her in that
2: opening scene, you're just like,
1: Who
4: the fuck is this person?
1: Why <laughs> but do you I say these things?
2: That's this is where it gets crazy, is like I think that Lenny in that scene is an actual person.
4: Well that oh. that person was actually embedded in a wall.
2: Right, exactly. And then we
4: find out later that Lenny was Benny. Oh, so, so then I disagree. Was was the
2: so no, I think
4: I so really I disagree think, with I that. I think
2: David is projecting his memory of Lenny onto Benny. Onto Benny. And then onto Ooh, the, the king and the, the, um, the yellow king or whatever he's called. The demon Faruk. with the yellow eyes. Faruk. The demon with the yellow eyes. But I think in that scene, like that person that Audrey Aubrey Plaza is playing is a real, that's actually Lenny.
0: Oh, I disagree. Hmm. I always thought that Farouk shapeshift as need be in order to make the most sense to David. And I thought that in the time, he hadn't like come up with the Lenny idea at this point, so he was Benny when he was on the outside. But Benny didn't get caught. He didn't try to commit suicide. He didn't get institutionalized into clockworks. And in order to follow David into clockworks, he had to take on a new form and became Lenny. And then when Lenny died, I think that was a projection that the Shadow King put into the people's minds who saw that death. So that Lenny could follow David out of Clockworks and be Lenny the ghost. But did the Shadow King so have power, power over other people?
4: Yes, uh, yeah, so I yes. that. Yes.
2: Sydney, maybe. I could see that read. Well, so I I, I read as Sydney thinks she places. actually killed Lenny.
1: I think it would make sense for Farouk Until she to finds make oh, Sydney think, think
3: that. Okay.
2: Right, but right. because yeah. we, we see also that Farouk has power over Sydney because mm-hmm. they swapped.
4: Right. But Sydney only recognizes Lenny after the swap. So there's no interaction between Lenny and Sydney so, prior to her swapping bodies with David and then understanding and being able to see through his point of view, I which we see later in the season.
1: I don't think Farouk actually has power over Sid, though, despite them swapping. I think that... I think, I think... So this is my interpretation, and this comes into, like, when... Uh, David creates the safe space in the astral plane. Mm-hmm. Kind of his own version of the ice cube.
3: Right.
1: I The way I read, like, when Farouk, like, pulls her into it all of a sudden. And, and for, and for you know, Lenny's saying, because we swapped, I have some power over you. I think that's a lie. I think that she has power over David so she can...
0: Manipulate Manipulate her.
1: David into, like, pull Sid into the safe place. Right. But that's so not... And, ask- and then she's like, I'm gonna fuck with you. But, like, Sid... It's supposed to think that, like, oh, Farouk's part of me now too, but, but Farouk's actually not. not a part of her. They at all. do yeah. say
2: that Farouk is a very powerful psychic.
1: Yes, well, but he's but, but he's also weak in the way that he's a parasite. But he's
2: right. also, also a, a he's liar. Feeding he's off, also and he's getting liar. stronger. He's he been feeding stronger. off of David the whole time.
0: Right. I think that Lenny slash Benny slash King. I think when King, when David was young, he thinks he has his dog, mm-hmm. and the sister says. We never had a dog. Right. I think that was in the youth of Farouk's powers getting stronger and stronger through David. He manifested as king. Only David could see him. And then but,
1: eventually becomes the the kid with the head, yeah. right? A
0: weird thing. But yeah. Philly oh, is Paris Head, the most <laughs> the <laughs> angriest boy in the, the world. The, world, Shil- uh,
4: Shil- the Shil- world's
2: most angriest boy in the world. In the, world. In
4: the, world. the world's actual cannibal
1: his face Child went red. Did yes. anyone see that music video? Yes, yes okay. absolutely.
0: You showed I, it to me
2: every time I see that character.
1: I'm like, it's actual it cannibal Shylobo. That's not bad. That's true.
0: But you can't say that Farouk doesn't have power over others because Philly remembers Benny because Benny materialized and Philly could see Benny. which is, he said, But
1: Benny's real. That's he why I also think Benny is real. I think Benny's real. No, no, I, I think, think Benny, Benny was real.
0: like a druggie that David hung oh, out Oh, I, I think that Benny just, is also Farouk. And I think no. then he became Lenny. I think he's been all these different forms throughout David's life. Well, Farouk has the ability to edit anything he wants. That's true.
1: That's why I think Memory like, wise, Farouk,
4: yeah, Farouk does right. not yet have power reality. on the
1: physical plane. But when it comes to David's headspace and the astroplane, he is almost all powerful. Right. But that's why I think that Ben. Sorry, I, that's why I think that Benny is real, but the power to edit is Farouk's, and that's why he just superimposes himself Lenny. over.
2: Right. That. Yes. Right. Yeah. But it. Okay. Philly remembers Benny.
4: Yes, Philly remembers Benny, and so, so his sister, but not Lenny. So right. Amy.
2: Exactly. So either Farouk. Is projecting himself, which I think is less likely, or Benny was a negative, a real negative influence in David's life. 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 Yeah, and Farouk was able to leech off of that negative influence. And like, there are scenes where David looks over in his memory and he sees the demon with yellow eyes, right, right? in place of Benny or Lenny. I think Farouk probably. For David,
4: Benny never existed. It was always Lenny. It was always right. Lenny.
2: But I think Farouk is
1: also like, if if David becomes a drug addict, it makes his mind more open to manipulation. Right. So can- that's why Farouk is just like push is like really encouraging, like yeah, be friends with this Benny guy, and I'm gonna like leech in there. The thing is, like, even in the moments where David is like in the in in a normal timeline. David might have seen Benny as Benny and not as Lenny, but when he thinks back on it, it's been edited and cut, and now he sees it as Lenny. I think that's a more likely scenario because I think that David. Because the power, like one of the things that Farouk does is that he makes you forget. So what happens in real time is not. We don't even. We we have no idea. Because
0: we see the memories.
1: Exactly. So I think that, like, at the time. Like in in the current in like a normal timeline in the linear story, David thought that he was hanging out with his dude, right. and then even an hour later, changed. It's, changed. it's just yeah. edited and swapped out.
0: That's how I feel about it. Too. And yeah. as fascinating as all of these different opinions are, I don't think any of us are necessarily wrong. Right. I don't no, think it's think this is, this is the strength right. of the show.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Is the way it presents. That's the stuff. fun part of the discussion because I do think that we could argue, quote unquote, we're all friends. debate. Yeah, discussing. Discussing. <laughs> discussing. Discussing. Yeah. Discussing. But like you know, it's. None of a, I don't think anyone could be like, I am the one who's right, right? Even though I am, <laughs> bel- <laughs> I, I don't
2: think Noah Hawley as a showrunner, would ever say, You're what right, truth you're wrong. Yeah,
1: correct. exactly. It's a very interpretive
2: show, unlike other writers who like to step in and talk about their, let's say, interpretive work mm-hmm. in specifics. Mm-hmm. Mother, <clears throat>
1: yeah, <laughs> oh. it's, about, it's about Mother Nature. Do you didn't realize? <laughs> Why do you have a frog
4: in your throat? Yeah. Why are you Are a you a frog muppet frog now?
1: Also? No, it's not about God. It's about the, the nature.
4: <laughs> you sound like that large dog thing from Labyrinth. I was
1: going. Yes. I was going for <laughs> yes. Hermit, but if that's like it a similar changed. Venn diagram, it would no. have been way
2: weirder if you were going for the dog thing from.
1: Labyrinth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, God, was so <laughs> I was, I was going for that and, thing. You know.
0: Well, yes. this this first half is definitely running. A little long, but I think oh, it's shit. good. there's, a lot, there's, about, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot right. to talk about. If we want to discuss, because I'm sure we'll get further into Lenny at the very end, because I definitely have a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about yeah. with the last episode mm-hmm. and like your interpretation of what all of that meant. Oh God. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> so much. was like, I'm going to leave.
2: <laughs> but- We're going to be here for eight hours. Yay. <laughs> okay.
0: But I don't know if you guys want to bring up any other character specifically before we get into the second half which we'll start talking about more about the second half of the season I think and that the
4: memories
3: if,
1: if yeah, I memories. if I had an opinion I think we should first half definitely talk any more thoughts we have about the pilot let's get them in there and then second half is. Rest of the series the going into
0: stuff. theories well, yeah, I mean, and thoughts, and yeah. we yeah. still
2: we would nev- never actually talked about Sid very much. We kind of went directly into. Would you like yeah. to start
0: talking a little bit more about Sid? Yeah, how do you oh, feel about, about Sid? Yeah. Okay, yeah,
2: I'll launch into how I feel about Sid. I nice for lady. one, just from like the show standpoint, I really think the relationship that they develop between Sid and David is very sweet.
3: Oh and very God. heartwarming and believable.
2: Well, he yeah. says it. He in says at one point, like, it, like the show it. is is <laughs> up. Up. the show is very creative in the way that it. <laughs> you horny boy.
0: He <laughs> couldn't get it out with these
1: eyes. I, I <laughs> tried
2: yeah. to release. I,
0: to rub one out with the car.
2: I know. Yeah, Ew. he's always trying.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm the one who's dirty now.
3: Yeah. Uh. So
1: the show is very
2: sweet <laughs> because it creates this limit between the physicality that the two can have so like right off the bat they can't touch each other Mm -hmm. so it has all this time to explore the development of a relationship without any sort of physicality which is unique i think and also just very sweet because david says it at some point like we're having a relationship of the mind
3: Mm -hmm. yeah which
2: gives you the moments like in the pilot where they're looking into the the window And like they have this like kiss. In
0: the reflection. That's right. Mm -hmm.
2: And then they have the moment where they're in bed together, but
3: with the pillow between
2: the the two. There's something more genuine there. And then there's moments later on where like they're on the swing and David just says, like, I just want to hug you right right now. And then that culminates, I think. It culminates a couple times, but for me the moment that really like hit home was when they go into David's memory when he's sedated. And they show David is a child mm-hmm. in the memory. Oh, yeah. And that's the first time that Sydney and David are in a memory together or in, like, a mental space together.
0: I think it's the first time Sid is ever, yeah, like, truly understanding the realm of the memory world. Right. right and right, right. they dip
2: into the astral The plane. show creates, right, so. like, a a barrier there again as well because in this instance, like, it's the first time that she – has the ability to physically touch David.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And in this case, David is a child. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, if David was not a child in that scene, they would just kiss ostensibly, right? right. right? Mm-hmm. But it removes like the sexuality from that scene because he's a kid. So they just embrace. And like the music the music swells up and mm-hmm. Sydney just just hugs him. And like I think it's so sweet the way that they like tease out this relationship very slowly. Because of the limits that they set around like the physicality He's that genuine. David and even though other begins, She sits yeah. down
4: and he looks at her and he goes, Will you be my girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> and she goes, Yes. And that was it. Yeah. That's playground. She says, you know, find me. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner. How, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's very sweet. I I agree. I think uh, like when we were starting to talk about Sid, the one thing I have in mind is like, she's just the best girlfriend. Because she has like a few <laughs> lines where she's just like, I'm going to save my man. Or yeah, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Like, You're so
2: good. He's my like, man,
0: so I want yeah, what he exactly. wants. But they
2: develop a relationship without touching at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, the show is the very careful. Like, it gives Romance you that physical, of the mind is a good way It gives though. you the physical the payoff mm-hmm. la- later on, but it like it lets... It gives the relationship a lot of time to develop without that physicality. And I just think it it's a very sweet relationship that's rare to see on screen. It's very mm-hmm. pure. Exactly. Yeah. She
1: mm-hmm. fills the the rogue kind of archetype from yes. the X Men shows. Right, yes. But it's handled just so much better, probably because the love interest is not just like, I'm the Ice Boy. It's just like, you know, <laughs> he has, like, powers that transcend and are, are far more interesting than just Ice he's Boy.
4: A godlike. He's godlike. He's,
1: he, well, he's, he's a god in a, in a very specific realm that can transcend into ours.
3: Mm-hmm. But,
1: um, besides that, like, it, it makes their that relationship is just so much more interesting for all the reasons that Jack said but i just i kind of i like the way that she there's elements of this show that are very familiar to x-men mm-hmm. and i like that like the idea of like you know x-men's all about othering it's mm-hmm. all about you know civil rights it's like the root of what x-men's all about people who feel othered people who are being discriminated against and we can all agree that like mental health is a subject that's like totally discriminated against nowadays and totally frowned upon. And like right. anyone who like needs a helping hand with something that they're dealing with with the mind, like can sometimes be met with a lot of opposition. So for Legion to very subtly be all very X-Men about it is mm-hmm. very, very cool. And they're using tropes and things from the the myth the mythos mm-hmm. that all like really work here. And yeah. I think that like, you know, using Sid as like kind of the rogue stand-in but, like, having, like, all the all the powers, which, you know, maybe we'll get into more in the second half, like, all the powers in the show, besides Mr. Pushy, in <laughs> the first episode, like, they're not really, like, your typical X-Men movie powers. Yeah, no, like, right. no one's lighting stuff on fire, no one's, like, shooting beams out of their eyes, right. no one's a grumpy old man who used to go to Canada and no. has knives in his hand and can smell <laughs> things, and could be called James Howlett. Yeah. None of that's there, but, like, their powers are much more... Interesting.
4: It's like a lot of and directly yeah, right, right. to, psychology. to mm-hmm. delving into the psyche. Yes,
2: and even damaged s- psyche specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes, fractured, damaged yes. psyches. Yeah,
4: one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I think even though we see memories of David's childhood, and it seems like his mother was a very loving mother, we don't really get anything other that's like making us think any anything else. No, mm-hmm. we do see fractured memories of his father, and it mm-hmm. seems like the memories that he the has of his father. Of Aren't necessarily correct well, or helpful. Well, I don't
1: think that was his father right. at all. That's in a stepfather and or nothing. Right. right. Andor right.
0: just what that was. Yeah. Like it might have, yeah, been a imagination on his part. Because
1: you know, whoever the original father is, who may or may not have been a psychic in a wheelchair,
0: got rid right. of him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: Before but we move too well, far away from Sid though, I want to Let wanna... me make this last statement. Okay, though. go ahead. Yeah.
0: Uh so we see all of these things from David's memory, and even though his sister has tried Her hardest to be loving and supportive. And she's doing the best that she can. You see from David's memory, especially later on in the series where you find out that, like, she was keeping a secret from him. Mm -hmm. That Sid is the first person who, A, doesn't, I don't believe in that first episode, really show signs of knowing him for another mutant. She just knows him as another human who deserves to be loved and deserves to be told you are normal, even though people are telling you you aren't. She knows what's up when they
1: swap. Right, and then she only knows up more, which she only swaps knows... into the right place at the right time, which right. is one of the other mutants.
0: Right, and she only yet understands that something is wrong with him, literally wrong with him. When she said it was so loud, and I saw all these things that I shouldn't have seen, right. and then I killed this your friend. Saying, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, she loves him for who she really is, which is really destigmatizing that whole idea of mental illness. Absolutely, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a great character.
2: Yeah, I, a lot of great characters. I, the, the last point I wanted to hit, I was, I wanted to, well, talk about just the idea of her power and how that can be directly like talked about in the mm-hmm. like aspect of intimacy problems and mm-hmm. like, and like they later portray when they all are in the kind of vision of the of Lenny's like projection of the hospital mm-hmm. where they're all kind the of astral plane. Yeah, in the astral plane mm-hmm. where they're like. They're in the hospital again, but now they're, it's a little a little bit different and, like, it's their actual problems. Like, they're talking about their real problems in the context of, like, how their pa- powers kind of manifest, but they're all convinced they don't have powers. are taking
0: the power out of it, yeah.
2: Yeah, but I just wanted to talk, because I don't know if we'll come back to it, about the scene right after David and Sydney have their first, like, intimate contact in the astral plane and Sydney tells him the story about the first time she had sex. Oh my fucking oh, god! Oh
4: yeah, with her stepdad.
2: With her stepdad, because you want to talk about like intimacy problems. Yeah. And was it dealing? A, was
0: it actual stepdad or her mom's boyfriend? Her mom's I
2: think boyfriend. Her mom's boyfriend. Yeah. Her mom's boyfriend. Yeah. Where she says like, David asked her like, "Wait a second, was that your first time?" And she says, "No."
3: No. Nope. <laughs> 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 no. Get I was ready. My mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: And then she describes the story where she swaps places with her mom, because I don't think we've actually said it out loud, but her power is anytime she physically touches someone, she swaps bodies with them. Mm-hmm. But then Ricochet is kind of
0: back. It, it depends right. on the strength of her power right. and her age of how long she is that other body. Right, mm-hmm. but she
2: swaps with the person physically.
0: Physically. she so It's her, her same mind.
2: Basically, in the no, body. no, her mind goes to the other person's body but when it wears off she's in the same place but her body comes back to where her mind is yes yes
3: okay.
0: yes yes Just
2: sure
0: we're on the same page. <laughs>
2: yes no i think so so she correct. swaps with her mother who's mm-hmm. passed out drunkenly on the couch right. in a night where she was with her her, her mother's boyfriend mm hmm she touches her mother, swaps places, mm-hmm. so now her physical presence is her mother, but she her mind is still her mind. And then she goes have, to have sex with the mother's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then halfway, th- she says, while he was inside of me, right, which right. is dark because... She specifically says she's 13. sixteen. No, sixteen.
3: Sixteen. <laughs> I thought she
2: said she was fifteen. That would be even worse. She was fifteen or sixteen. Oh, sixteen, I think, is what she said. I miss and her. <laughs> while they are having sex, she turns back into herself, like her own body,
3: mm-hmm.
2: while her mother's boyfriend is still inside of her. And right. then they're she just re- describes all right, of them right. screaming, screaming and, yelling. and I don't know. That's just another like character moment for Sid that really sticks out to me. What do you guys think about that one?
0: Yeah, like that she says afterwards, she was like, how are you supposed to grow up when you are not normal? Like, how are you supposed to learn how to mature when you don't have the same rules as everyone else?
2: Right. She also gets into the- It's very
0: painstakingly sad.
2: Yeah. She also talks a little bit about, like, the soul. And, like, Mm -hmm. she has physical proof proof that the soul, like, her soul moves from body to body. And and she feels
3: like
0: her body is not really hers. Exactly.
1: She has a very, like- as, like, pessimistic and problematic of someone thinking that their body doesn't belong to them, I feel like her perspective on the matter also feels very, like, healthy, yes. considering like what her power is. I'm not sure if we as the audience are meant to feel that way, and I'm open to discussion about the other side of that argument. Sure. But I just feel like the way that she kind of, like, has understood what she is, she's just kind of like, no, like, this is the situation, and it's like, it's almost like how... People, like, in certain religions, like, move past the point of, like, I don't need material goods or I don't need this. She's just like, this is just one host. It's the one I come home to, but it is not what all things are or corporal space is, you know? Ooh, my bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were making such a nice point. <laughs> I know.
1: But, um, you know, I, I I really like that perspective, and I really like that she feels that way, even though I think, like, I would like her to feel like her body belongs to her. You yeah. know, like I, I think that is problematic. And I think that the show is evoking that feeling on purpose, but that's how I feel about that moment.
4: It, it calls to question how long has she been aware of her own powers and how long has she been without that, that form of intimacy? The fact that mm-hmm. she went out of her way to touch her mother so that she could experience this with another man makes you wonder had she not been shown affection in other ways mm-hmm. in healthy ways. Um, And the experience that she had with the boyfriend um, and the detachment from her own body not Mm. to get too heavy is very similar to how perhaps uh, a victim of molestation might feel, that their body doesn't belong to them.
2: I think that's absolutely what
1: they're going for. I think that's like the the idea that they're invoking.
0: Right. Yeah. Because she gives that backstory, too, of what her mother did. She was a socialite, and she would have lavish parties where yeah. all these adults would come, mm-hmm. and she was a part of that. Right. Yeah. And you wonder how many times in the past, yeah, that she maybe experienced something before her powers right. manifested. Not necessarily a sexual intercourse, because she is, I think, very honest with David. Yeah. And tells him... Like the truth about her actual first time, but I how many so times she was seen, approached, right. and if that manifested her powers. Or even like peeking through a keyhole
1: of... and seeing something go down, you know? Right, inspire, right. Like curiosity or something.
0: What kind of distress? Because it seems like For a sure. lot of the X Men powers manifest themselves during times of distress. Yeah. I mean, like I think that's. It's a symptom of yeah. the, stress, the distress.
4: I mean, I think right. that's
1: usually in like the movies, even, and I think even with David, like they try to like induce stress because that's like when your power will. Definitely trigger.
2: Right. I mean, they show very clearly, like, the first big telekinetic moment he has is when he's he's freaking out. He's stressed out with his relationship with Philly. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really good. I'm glad that you brought up the whole idea of, like, her pushing her her mind into another body and then her body catching up Mm
3: -hmm. later on. I think that's a very
0: adept way of looking at it. And I think, uh, especially for that last episode, which we'll get into later on, uh, how... That last couple scenes, how the last couple scenes played out, and yeah. how that works, for sure. Yeah, because I've almost struggled to, with the last had to take
2: couple. Notes the, so that
3: the one, relay, yeah. the relay race <laughs> that yeah. happens okay. at the end. Yeah,
0: for sure. That one shot where she has the yellow
1: eyes is so good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about.
0: It. She's so beautiful, regardless of what she looks like. But yeah, oh, it's, she the, is, she it's is, a she very cool shot. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> <is> fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, well, I think we're going to wrap up this first half. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not seen Legion before, please check it out on FX, and you will know. (laughs) You're probably confused if you haven't seen it yet. (laughs) You will know that it's so rife for discussion. Like There are so many things to talk about. We're not going to talk about everything we even want to, but we're glad that you are on this ride with us, and we'll be right back.
5: Hello, welcome to another episode of It's Fitz, where Story Screen's film laureate Brian Robert Fitzgibbons speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1996 film by the Coen Brothers, Fargo. Fargo. The first time you see Fargo, doesn't it's not as good as the next eight times you see it coen brothers are probably i don't know i used to watch movies more and i always liked directors or writers so like all coen brothers movies i would watch quentin tarantino um paul thomas anderson but yeah coen brothers even if they're not that good of a movie it's still worth watching like their remakes and whatnot, but Fargo is really good. Uh, I don't want to describe the movies. <coughs> <coughs> Gotta get that true coat. Wait, no, nah, I can't even do it. <laughs> what does he say? He's like, my friend used to do it well. Oh, yeah, William H. Macy. I'm not, I'm not on it anymore, right? Um, William H.
3: Macy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could use it. But a William H. Macy is like the...
1: I got that true quote.
5: This has been another episode of It's Fits.
0: Welcome back to the second half of our Legion Cathode Raycast podcast. We definitely waxed a lot mm-hmm. about that pilot episode. We did. Off. Yeah. Well, granted, so, I think all of the episodes have almost similar runtimes except for that pilot. I do think that pilot was a, little, a little bit, bit longer. longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it makes sense. Uh definitely every episode is very unique thematically, and I think they do a very good job of reaching out to all these different genres. And they really do a good job of like weaving in like a psychological thriller episode and a horror episode and an indie episode. I think they do a good job of really focusing in on a certain genre for an episode, but then towards the end, it's like, all right, we've had some fun. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think about the rest of Legion? Legion. uh, Character-wise, thematic-wise, do we want to get into characters like Carrie that we haven't really explored yet?
2: It's almost like I divide the season between the first four episodes, where you're pretty much, like, meeting everyone. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of setup and stuff. And then kind of the last four episodes in the season all occur, like, in the same, like, short span of time. And it's all, like after PDA, shit so. has popped off kind of takes place in a moment definitely <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> well where more of the guns going on pretty much, know, much yeah mm-hmm. so like the first i'll definitely want to talk more about those first few episodes because like like you said things like carrie and ptolemy or t- put- i keep Potonymy? saying Pto- ptolemy. i don't know why i think it's ptolemy anyway um and melanie bird yeah and definitely. some of those other characters family. especially like in summerland like you're introduced to them, You're fle- they're like fleshed out more so. Get mm-hmm. the episode, like you said, where it's like a mystery. So I definitely want to talk about those more and then maybe we can talk about kind of the second half of the series and everything that happens like after David goes to um, Division 3.
0: Oh like, yeah. It's like a separate thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So the episodes leading up to that second half of the season... We get to know all these very diverse characters, and you are still kind of learning about them in the realm of David's understanding. Mm-hmm. And a couple times, separate. I really liked that you kind of get this different offset adventure with Sid and Patonomy, and the female Carrie, separate. Mm-hmm.
3: And so a lot of that
0: yeah. feels like we're probably seeing what we're supposed to see. I feel like that is the most real. You can trust probably. that, probably yeah. more. Definitely, and that's when you learn about Carrie in depth, because you kind of get little inklings.
2: Well, Sid just... One of the clumsier lines, I think, of this series is where Carrie sits down next to Sid. They're at the, like, campsite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You guys know the scene I'm talking about? Yes. And Carrie says something to Sid about, like, the mission that they're on, Mm -hmm. and then Sid goes... So you guys are the same person, <laughs> like totally non sequitur.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like since we know that Sid has been with them in Summerland a little bit longer than we have but been. But barely. But yeah. barely. Yeah. It's kind of like, all right, so just now you're getting into this?
1: It's weird because so. it feels like when we meet Sid post episode one or even like post like like during David's rescue, she feels, it feels like she's been a part of that like espionage crew for a really long time. She period. feels Southeast. way more confident. Yeah, That's yeah. For sure. and like yeah. it was, I remember the first time I was watching the show, I was very confused. I was like, so was she like a sleeper agent in the, like in, in like Col-clops. Clockworks and stuff? And you kind of figured out that she She was not. She was only there really, you know, a few days max before David was, you know?
4: Yeah, it was by total accident that yeah. she was taken in anyway. And, and it was kind
1: yeah. of weird watching the season again this time and, and, realizing that would be like, oh, it's, it's weird. And then it kind of makes those moments a little bit weird, too, where it's like, so you guys have been doing this mission for a while you just haven't brought it up? Because, like, David got an explanation, like, pretty early, right? Right. right. They explained it to him before, Yes, I think.
0: yes. They explain it without really talking about it. They don't show it as much. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because you know David as a character who hears voices, Ooh. and then he... Almost seeks an immediate kinship with Carrie because he doesn't know who Carrie is and what his power is. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah, I talk to voices, too, because he hears Carrie talking to someone. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? He's like, no, I'm talking to Carrie. Mm -hmm. He's like, I thought your name was Carrie. So So I thought that was a cool little, like, immediate friendship between the two of them, because at first David doesn't understand That his thing is different than his thing. Totally different.
2: I really like the way that they tease that out at first in the second episode where you don't really know, like, they're subtly showing you that there's two carries and they exhibit the the same body and then they kind of, like, lay it all out exposition-wise. The rules
1: are still a little ambiguous, which is what I like, too. Like, you're not really quite sure how the biology of it works. Like, they explain Mm -hmm. that, like, one takes care of the quote-unquote boring stuff and one's only there for the action, so kind of... One of them takes more time in the physical plane, and if they were, like, hurt or damaged or something, they could absorb each other and, like, heal as a unit. Right. Um, and also one only ages outside. Right. Outside. So, like, it's cool that, like, those are the rules to that character,
2: but it could still be very ambiguous. Like,
4: I felt that it was very glossed over how the two became one. Maybe I missed that, something. So,
2: watching it the second time, like, it confused me the first time. It didn't, was not any clearer to me when she it starts describing. I like, think it's on purpose. It was is very a, quick. A yeah. native girl comes out, right. and then nine months later, a white boy pops out. Like, didn't, I, I and guess. And then they
4: were just
0: together.
2: I guess the white boy pops out for, like, she gets pregnant, right? I, the mother. I
0: rewatched the scene, and I think I can maybe answer it. Okay, go ahead, because yeah. it, it, it did not make any sense. <laughs> I'm in the same confused.
1: boat where I'm like,
3: I don't know.
0: I think the writing was confusing because I think what they were trying to say is that they were born to native parents. Right. And that this was the poorly done part. I think what they said was like she got pregnant and almost as if in the ultrasound they could see that it was a native girl. And then... It was a girl. Okay. So I think in the ultrasound they saw a girl. The And then when when she gave birth to a white boy, that's when the husband was like... You slept with someone. This obviously can't be my child. Right. So I thought that was a little clunky because I think they were alluding to the fact that they could tell that it was a native female child in the womb. Which I don't think she gave birth uh, twice. Yeah, the way way it's it's
2: spoken, it sounds more like she gave birth
3: twice, twice, which doesn't make any sense. So
1: the carries are the same age, but white male carry just spends more time. He came out on the house. He came out first, and he he has spent more time in the. In the physical realm because female Carrie only ages when she's on the outside. She's clearly younger.
2: And then it wasn't until Carrie was older, like eight Eight. or so, he says, that he sees a native girl that's in his room. Mm -hmm. But then she's eight when he sees her for the first time. Right. Which doesn't make any sense by what they explain because she She should be a a baby at that point.
0: I agree. I think that was the only part where I was like, wait a second. If she only... And they specifically say she only ages... When she is outside of the body. So I don't know if maybe like the female Carrie was kind of like trapped in the mom's body for eight years. Mm -hmm. And that she didn't like physically give birth to the female Carrie. But she like spiritually gave birth as if like the mom was also kind of a mutant. They
2: gloss over it.
0: They do gloss over it. it, Yeah. I was. what it is. I kind of left it up
1: to more like they don't fully understand it. And probably I, I female imagine,
0: carry less so than even male. Yeah, carry. I
1: think that sure. I think that you know they almost don't care in a way. They're just like, well, they we're just this is just who we are. I mean, so Especially much. If we is, go for bad writing necessarily, or even if it is bad writing or ambiguous writing. But yeah, it was hard. To understand. So
2: much of the show is ambiguous that when there are these like slight inconsistencies, it's. You kind of you gloss can over give it. give credit to it, yeah. Which, Which you're like, just, all right, <laughs> to go back to the pilot one one more time because I was thinking about this. Well,
0: don't feel like you can't. We can definitely <laughs> go back to it. Jack, when, David,
2: Stop. <laughs> when, well, we need to finish this episode at some point, so we can't talk about the pilot all no, night. That's a good point. Um, when David is in the pool, mm-hmm. and he hears. From Sydney, right? Mm-hmm. That she's got a sneak. Oh no, that's because Patanami Patole- mm-hmm. puts into his head like puts um, Sydney into his head. Into his memory. And says, memory yes, right? and says like, go into the water, and above the water there's all the like fire, mm-hmm. and then David s- slips into the water, and then like it like incinerates everyone at the pool. Who did that?
0: I'm not sure. We don't know. I'm not really yeah, sure. Who did do that? unless because
2: they never introduce a, any mutant that has any sort of like fire well there's all the pyro like, there's pieces. all the wires that are
0: but who's manipulating who's
1: that. manipulating the wires yeah but there's right. a there's a trap there's a reason it's in the pool because they're like electrical wires right but
2: that's not what I consider everyone understand it's fire and they never <laughs> ever introduce a mutant it's almost like they cut a mutant that had firepower
0: what I think could be interesting is that so far we have not been told at all that Melanie has any mutant powers right right she's right. just the wife of, of oliver, oliver Berg, who did who started manifesting his powers after they were already married right yeah. she said his thing started <clears throat> out small at first and he's like and a, a less started...
1: powerful xavier kind of like yeah, yeah psychic it seems that his power was that he could interact with the astral plane right right and that was pretty much what it was but it also means that he can live there and, and exist and also not age
0: yeah right. so the only thing that we don't the only mutant that was in that area even though melanie was on the beach outside of the pool and right. in that facility she's the only one that we haven't seen exhibit anything
1: you think that she I don't have
0: powers though? i don't know i or think you? she very well could just be a human Yeah. Or she might have this weird power that we haven't seen yet. But I don't know why they would hide that from us.
2: The first time that she has an interaction with David at Summerland and she shows him Mm -hmm. what, um, what, not, not, no, not telekinesis. Um, oh, telepathy. Telepathy. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. It
2: almost seems like her power is telepathy, but Mm -hmm. really it's just David reading her mind.
0: True. Yeah. True. Yeah, maybe she is just, uh, maybe she was a professor, or... It maybe, seems that way, yeah. yeah maybe I think it's
2: more interesting if she doesn't have power.
0: Yeah, she's an a Exactly,
1: she's an activist, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's an ally. Fight. She's an ally. She yeah. fights for the cause.
0: Yeah, it would have been kind of interesting to see if there was a mutant who had the ability of other mutants in their area who might have, like, helped use David's power because mm-hmm. very clearly later on you see that Farouk manifesting through David and David himself can just, like, completely char a person. In oh, they and can just, oh, like, right. destroy them, yeah. Right. right.
1: I mean, that's, like, you know, I think that's the difference between, like, Jean Grey, Charles Xavier, and David is that Charles Xavier can't, like, move things with his mind. But he can, like talk to people and go into your mind and make you see things you don't see. Whereas like a Jean Grey, she can do both. She can do both. And then David can kind of like,
4: all-encompassing.
1: he kind of does it all. But I think his main thing that I think is different is that he can, he's almost like an alchemist he can change yes. matter and that's jean gray can't do that. She could like, you know, move this microphone on the table up and down, but david could like turn the microphone into a, like a cake or something, you know? Like I think that's and also teleport. And also teleport. Like he has the ability not to he has the ability to manipulate matter with his mind. I think that's what makes him unique. And also his powers are very different from what I've read they are in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So his powers in the comic book which are it's a little weird but he has like multiple personality disorder in the comic book and his different personalities have different mutant powers uh-huh.
0: that's a very legion aspect is
1: that him. and that's why he's called legion cuz right. he's multiple personalities which is why when i was watching this show and i read a little bit of research before watching it the first time i was just like they're all in his head like he maybe he has all these abilities and it's all fake but i'm by the end of the season, you don't know. necessarily know it's if it's that's the case know. or not. Yeah. Especially in the first few episodes, when they're trying to reconstruct his mind, I'm like, are these tools that he's created to help him understand his psyche? Because the powers are so aloof and weird. Right. But I that is a theory I've kind of since distanced myself from. I think they're also straying away from that as well. But the idea of the name Legion, you know, it comes from that root of his powers in the comic books. He's of, yeah. Multiple. Many. Being, yeah, being many. So yeah. it's... It's interesting to see how they'll tie that in, season two wise. Right. I do think
2: it's really cool how over the course of the show they really make his powers just seem limitless.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a god. Yeah, like I love when he can shift people into the ground. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the coolest and also like very good like budget wise how to show like omnipotent powers he's just fucking be, like, the people fucking ground yeah. like or when he like just like makes everyone kind of like suction cup to each other and make that weird yes. body tower which is like. very... <laughs> Hannibal esque season one episode three. <laughs> I like all that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think Noah Hawley does a good job, and I don't know. Yeah, as you said, I haven't read Legion. I haven't
1: read would Legion like either. This is kind of the research, research I've done. done. yeah, like Wikipedia and stuff.
0: I think Noah Hawley does a good job of taking the subject material that he's given mm. and still making something really cool and fresh out of it, but and still paying homage to the subject material, but yeah. kind of making it maybe his own thing.
1: It's very so I don't X-Men. really know what to expect either. Without being super X-Men. Right. And I like thing. It takes, it takes the elements of X-Men that like I think interest me personally. I do only really speak for myself. But like right. the things about X-Men that I'm really into, it's not like Apocalypse where it's just like, we're all going to fight the blue guy. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> we're all fighting for equal
2: rights. We're all fucked up in our own
1: ways. Yeah. Like, like, we're all to it deal is. with so That's it. what it's about. Yeah. And that's, right. like, that's the part that interests me. And I think that's where the movies have kind of... Really ran away from, which is I think a big disappointment.
2: But maybe yeah. New Mutants will come back to that. We'll see. That'd be cool. Seems I will like say that's what they're going for. I
0: mm-hmm. watched Apocalypse between watching Legion again mm-hmm. for this podcast. I was like still hungry for more, and I was like, I'm going to watch X-Men. Apocalypse, which oh, is the only no. X Men movie that I haven't seen. Oh, I was like, maybe no. X Men
4: Evolution, and it
0: was so bad.
2: <laughs> it's not very good.
0: <laughs> really, at
4: <all>. the <laughs> most recent one. Yeah. yeah,
1: Days of Future Past. Is a good movie. I enjoy that, song. but it ruins all continuity for any. It's it's crazy that it's not the last one because they like basically take continuity and they just like destroy it with a hammer. And oh, it's totally. Like, Stop making more movies after this. Yeah, yeah. you ruined everything.
2: Like, Which is good. why they do such a good job with Logan afterwards because they're just yes. like maybe all that happened, but like the important thing is the characters. exactly.
1: And I think that's kind of like the same sentiment as in Legion, where it's it's like. Yeah, sure. Maybe X one and X two and X one Origins. All these movies do exist in this timeline. It
2: doesn't fucking matter, though.
1: You know, like, we're, we we don't, we're not we're not concerned. People. We're concerned about yeah. this moment.
2: And we're not even sure that all these characters are real. So don't so worry. Don't worry, worry. about, <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: worry about uh, Blue Oscar Isaac. We're gonna figure this no, out. together.
2: Definitely don't worry about him. No.
0: So one of the moments before we get to the moment where they're put in the astral plane and they kind of start reliving themselves. Before we get into that, I want to talk about Dr. Poole, his therapist. Oh yeah. And I kind of want to get into who we think Dr. Poole is overall, if we think that he was seriously David's therapist mm. who ended up getting murdered at some point and then the I, Walter kind of like assumed his personality or if maybe Dr. Poole was Walter the whole time. I'd like to think that he wasn't.
1: I don't think that
2: he is. No, I don't I don't even think he's Walter once he's in Division 3, like in the cell. How do you oh, th-
0: you think Walter...
2: So is that what you're...
0: I just don't know what to think well, about.
2: I think we're still not quite yet at Division... Like, no, no, no. We're still still like at Summerland, right?
0: Well, there's For a now. point, be- the episode, before they go to get David at Division 3. Like before... To get Amy. Well, Amy, after David has already left.
3: Well, they
1: start seeing the glitches in the Walter memory. That's kind of the first glitch?
0: Yeah, when uh, when Sid, Potonomy, and female Carrie mm-hmm. try to hunt down David. David has That's left. episode three. Yes. yeah, And they're trying to figure out where he has gone. And you start finding out about Benny instead of Lenny. Mm-hmm. And then they find out, oh, Dr. Poole is like, he's in a, uh, what's the word Oh, for
2: Dr. Poole. Yeah, I'm thinking of the... Uh, other doctors. Sorry. Go gotcha. Back. Yes.
0: Dr. Poole is David's therapist. Yes. Who he was going to rob for his last job. He has the recorder. He has, right. he has right. the He's in the lighthouse. What the He's stars in the lighthouse. Say, yes. yes. Right. And then they go to the lighthouse and Dr. Poole isn't there. And it's Walter, the I, impersonating so Dr. Dr. Poole. Ooh. We are led to believe that maybe David killed Dr. Poole. Or do we think Dr. Poole is a real person at this point? Well, Because wh- that, that was one thing that I was kind of wrestling with on the second watch through I was yeah. like, I think there's more to this than maybe I thought about. Well, I think the eye
2: killed Dr. Poole.
1: You think so? Well, how do we think the eye's power works?
2: Uh, they, really they really never explain But, it. like, so does
1: he have to look at someone while they're alive to chameleon into them? Or does he have to just look at a picture? Like, I think...
3: They don't. Seemed, they don't
1: give us that answer. I think for a reason. Right. But. In that
0: first episode, it almost seems like he had to carve the figure out of like wood, oh. and then he becomes the figure. That'd be in, like cool. a human form. Because you see him like whittling into a dog form, and then you see like the eye as the dog in the cage, like ready to. Shit! Go. I didn't even think
2: about that. But then they never come back to that. They though.
0: never come back to that. Yeah. There's so many like red herrings or there's loose a lot threads. of loose threads. See, then yeah. he kind
1: of. Eventually, he kind of just like does it and then it's weird it's not weird but like when um said when sid switches places with him it's almost just like
2: the opposite of his power is right? the
1: opposite of power which is like cool but then it's like does sid not know how to use the power? how does it work it's is when you the show is not meant to like really dive into the logistics of it
3: right we're
1: doing right. like a podcast about it so i think that's like kind of the it, it's hard to say whether his therapist is real or not because for the eye to assume his identity, it's just like, well, what process does he go through to do that? Can he just like do it? And if he can just do it, I feel like we would have seen him do it a lot way more, right? So that's right. what makes me think there's like a process. Maybe yeah. I'm getting too into like the nitty gritty about it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was just like a small thing that I wanted to talk about because I feel like they didn't touch on it enough in the show, but I was definitely curious about him yeah. because you hear that when Summerland started, it was Carrie. Oliver, Melanie, and Walter was kind of with them at the start. But Walter only wanted to hurt people. Mm -hmm. And he kind of became like his own thing. Like they kind of like excommunicated him from their group.
1: Yeah, became a card of D3.
0: Right, right. I just found him really interesting. And I'm glad that we did get to see a lot of him. Uh, But yeah, very (laughs) unexplained.
1: He could be dead, I guess. Yeah, we
4: only saw Dr. Poole in David's memories, which we found out later were edited and altered fractured so that can't even be trusted right that could be something that the shadow monster wanted to present to us yeah to the other people trying to assist David and even leading us to believe that David potentially killed or really injured Dr. Poole Mm -hmm. so that could just be adding overall to the confusion in what was real and in Walter's case What was his role in all of it? Because I wondered if he
0: was kind of like Farouk's outside man, kind of like Mm. helping manipulate David to the point. Because Farouk Uh. needs David to be intact and believing in Uh. his schizophrenia and believing in his degradation of his body in order to help thrive himself. So it made me kind of wonder, like, what Walter's role overarching was. I I really,
2: I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. Because I really think Walter is just—they explain Walter's origin as someone who was at people. at Summerland, realized he wanted to hurt people, and then went to Division Three because Division Three's whole role was, you know, taking out the mutants or like.
1: And you learn trail. that he's deeply insecure. Like when exactly. he's in the fake Clockworks, he's just like he has that kind of like it's comedic the way very it funny, yeah. super funny. It was just like a boy going through puberty, he gets hair <laughs> in new places. less of a man? Is that <laughs> yeah. less of a man? Do I so seem like, like less of a man to you? So like, you know, I think that they, uh, in a way kind of like debunk his character from being like too, too much. smart because like yeah. when he's in clockworks, he, you're kind of boiled down to like the essence of your character or like what the mm-hmm. fundamental like inciting incident of your character is. And like sure. his is just like, he's insecure. Yeah. And he's so insecure that he can take shape of anything. Who even knows that the shape that he is is real, you know? It's
3: true. Mm -hmm. It's true.
2: I... Did anyone else think that maybe it was Tom Waits the first time you saw him? A little bit. Is that Tom Waits? A little bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: I could have totally
1: seen that. Yeah. For sure. I think that Farouk having an outside man... Is hard. To, I don't think that he would.
2: I think that also goes against his entire yeah, I like... But I, well, I think.
1: Yeah. In, I think in season two now he is going to have it. But he could have right? like now, He's going to be has, Oliver, perhaps. Yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, he was more over a parasite using David all the while. I don't. I. He seems honestly to act don't alone. think that he had any outside power beyond what he could do through David. Right. So yeah. unless Walter even... was a projection of David's mind that everyone else could see, I don't really. Well, think the, that
1: yeah, the glitch goes that far, but I don't think so because then the eye wouldn't have any uh, material to build that body out True. of, you know, like there has True. to be some corporal existence of that person dead or alive. Right. For the eye to take that shape. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, we do see the bloody... The thing is, they, they explain it in that moment before you realize that the eye is actually the doctor, but, like, you know, he gets beaten by the the recordings. But, like, in that memory, he's not there. So, like, when... Once he walks in later, who really knows?
2: I, I think so when Sydney and, and, eyes, and everybody else... No, light. when everybody else goes to the lighthouse, mm-hmm. they are actually talking to the real Dr. Poole. And some at some point in that scene, Walter swaps with Dr. Poole. And they have the same cloudy oh. eye, though. I think the cloudy eyes... is also
4: an ambush. I think it was no, but I, the whole time I, in the lighthouse. But
2: didn't they say that... Uh, after David beat Doctor Poole that he like went blind in one eye. He, the doctor said that's us,
0: right? That's the so doctor could, that be, an could be could be a lie. You know,
1: it's like he ruined my life. and My wife left me, but that could all okay. that could all just be a lie. So you know?
2: even bef- even if Walter is, I think Doctor Poole was there. actually at that lighthouse, and I think and that was, I think that was his home, and yeah. Walter, like. Walter got there first. Like the eye got there first. Yes. And swapped with Dr. Poole. Whether it's before or after Sid and company starts talking to him, I think Dr. Poole was actually there. Because. Yeah, maybe he's like like
1: tied up in a cloth. Autonomy. Yeah. True, true. Finds mm-hmm. that
2: memory when they're talking to uh, Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, it's Philly's memory, so I don't think Walter has any, like, manipulation over Philly's memory. And Philly is the one that remembers Dr. Poole being at that lighthouse.
0: But it was, like, a glitch in her memory, too, that they had to find. Right. Because they were, like, going... He was... Potonomy was going into the memories of Philly, and it was more of, like, when David, Philly, and Dr. Poole were sitting and having, like, a lunch at their apartment, it was, like, a memory trapped... Like spliced into right. that memory. So who knows where that actual memory is. So that means
1: hit. that Farouk can.
2: No, edit. I still, no, I don't, I don't know. think so. I think what happens there is it's still Philly's memory, right, that he's going into. Mm-hmm. But that memory, because they're having the conversation with Dr. Poole, is linked to a later memory of Dr. Poole after David had assaulted him because that it has? Sho- Yeah, because it shows Philly walking up to the lighthouse.
0: It does, doesn't it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Cuz I do I do think Philly's warning at the very end before they leave to go to the lighthouse her warning to Sid cuz Sid says is there they're anything listening. you want Yeah, watch they're it. watching. Yeah. So, yeah, that was very nerve inducing. Which is
2: a very yeah. dark moment. Like the the way that they use music in this entire series is very good.
3: it swells
2: at very key times and the music goes dark right as they're like is there anything you want to say to david and the camera just kind of like closes in on philly a little bit and you get that like dark swell of music and then she just kind of says it's very ominous they're watching
3: watching." yeah Mm -hmm. it's cool
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah well thank you for discussing that because yeah i definitely think there was a lot going on it was kind of not a pivotal scene, but to yeah. me that scene was very interesting because it was so quick. Yeah, I
1: didn't realize there was so much to kind of dissect about it so we started doing it I was like, oh. Yeah, I guess I didn't fully kind of comprehend the
2: the action of it.
0: And unfortunately, that's how the whole show is. Yeah. <laughs> so <we> I not <laughs> do it all well, on podcast. Well, I was going
2: to say, but... like, to dig in, like, before, even one step back, so that, I just looked it up. That episode is actually episode four that we okay. were talking about. What we skipped was episode three, which is where they sedate david yes and, and our, i mentioned a little mm, bit about the, the scene child, with sydney yeah but That's there's a, a lot episode. else going on in that scene and that that yeah that episode really you've mentioned before like a lot of these episodes are shot in different ways and like that episode specifically is like a great hour of horror television
0: mm-hmm. i i would like to think that yeah i know holly was a little uh, influenced by the Babadook and like the idea sure. of like this so book that
1: can Babadook. haunt you, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which I I would watch that again and again. Yeah, but I don't think that definitely. theme has really been watered down yet. I think it was handled in a very deft way. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He definitely didn't do it a disservice or no. So speaking
2: it. speaking of the Babadook, uh, the scene where we get the flashback during the memory work of David in his bedroom with his father reading Mm -hmm. the book and he can't see his father's face. Mm -hmm. I read, I want to get the impression from you guys. I read that scene as his father wasn't really in his, in that room because Potanomy even says like, would your parents really read you something like that? I think that was, that was Farouk reading the book to David and making it look like it was his father but that's why he couldn't really see his face in that scene was because his father wasn't actually there. Do
1: you think that those memories are a part of David's memory or do you think those are being yes. edited on the fly to trick the people in the memory?
2: No, I think that was really a memory that he had, but is an example of how Farouk was poisoning David, mm. even from a, a young child. Okay.
4: And gaining strength. They always say that demons need to instill fear to gain strength. Exactly. And they mm. Talked about... Farouk being a demon all the while. Yeah. And from a young age, he was scaring this little boy. Right.
2: Same with the Halloween scene.
4: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And just taking the power, taking more and more control. Sapping him. And taking away um, protection. So David's left with these memories of his father scaring him. Right. And so even authority figures that were meant to protect him were out to harm him. Didn't trust him. him. Yeah. So he had no one to turn to apart from maybe his imaginary friends, even
0: if the imaginary friends scared him.
2: Right. I mean, it's a good way to instill paranoid schizophrenia into someone. Yes.
0: Which I think uh, makes it even more painful for David when he finds out that Amy knew that he was adopted. Mm -hmm. I think when he looks back, he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, I thought that that was my real father the whole time. Like, and how, like, (laughs) victimizing that was for David as a child. To think that that was his real father, mm. even though it wasn't his real father, it was Farouk. Like, there was just a lot going on in his childhood that really damaged him. Well, I
2: still think he had a real father also. I think but so, But, like, too. that scene specifically, that is Farouk. Yes, yes. I
0: agree. I really loved that
4: whole kind of segment where he was talking with himself, like, the British version of, of himself, the logical version of, oh, of, of himself. Oh, Stanford, you're skipping so far ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we're talking about who his real father is yes. and why he couldn't yeah. figure out who that shadow father figure was, or maybe why we as the viewers couldn't, mm-hmm. so, and his true origin. So
3: do we, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. I know what you're going to say. I'm just going <laughs> to say really quick, before you dive into that, because that's a whole different conversation. Because, yeah, I'd like to say one yes. more thing about
0: what we're currently talking about, but go ahead, Jack. <laughs> oh, I was box. just going
2: to say, I think it's really fun how they play with uh Dan Stevens' actual, Dan
0: Stevens actual... Dan Stevens
2: actual British accent. That is fun. Is and...
0: the guy from Beauty and the Beast? Yes. 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 Okay. I, plays, I knew it. He's he the plays, Beast.
2: No, he plays a teapot. He's also <laughs> He started his career in the Downtown Abbey.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Downtown, yeah. Abbey. Downtown, yeah. Abbey. downtown Abbey. Downtown <laughs> Abbey.
2: Um but I like the little tiny bit where he's like David is talking to his projection of himself, the, the British projection of himself. And he's like talking on the, his he's, logic. he's writing yeah. on the, the chalkboard, chalkboard and he says something like about his father and he does like, oh, his son, like in a British accent. And then the British version of him is like, so was that supposed to be a British accent? <laughs> like it's so like, it's very the writing good, uh, is very yeah. good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For
0: sure. I was just going to go back really quickly that uh, I think it's really cool to see how powerful Farouk is in those scenes where he's like a child running from Farouk in the memories. Mm -hmm. And Melanie is there. And Melanie has done so much memory work with other people that she should very well know that anything that happens in the memory is not real. But to see her absolute terror when she gets her hand slammed in that book and to come out of the memory and still be completely freaked out and think that her hand is broken. That part is
1: terrifying.
0: It's like... Farouk is powerful like she has done this type of work for years helping everyone deal with their memories and the fact that Farouk even tricked her into believing that that was real just shows his power in episode three that whole episode is horrific I mean Mm -hmm. like
1: you see the real extent of his power is when he he remakes Clockworks like he Clockworks is the safe place it's also the ice cube and Farouk just like makes makes it his own thing he just makes a giant ice cube and he literally puts people on a loop Yeah, before we talk about maybe the Rational Voices. Yeah, let's
2: not go back to daddy issues quite yet. Uh, <laughs> Robbie, that was a great segue. <laughs> we'll come back uh, segue to because, yes. yeah, the
0: episode five, is that when? Wait. So,
2: no, uh, well, okay. <laughs> let's get to the hospital. Cool. Because that would skip over all of... So, at the end... Rational Mind doesn't oh, come sorry. in until after hospital. We don't want to right? skip
0: district three.
3: I'm sorry. Right,
2: so it's the, the end of no. episode four... Mm-hmm. It's very hard to talk about the show linearly. <laughs> very <laughs> hard. I, linear, I was not So linear, it doesn't no. matter. So the end of episode four is when Sydney and Walter swap, mm-hmm. and um, David finally snaps out of his sedated memory
0: induced slumber. In, yes, or whatever. his mm-hmm. kind
2: of coma, sed- sedation coma. And he only does that because he's. Him and
1: Farouk team up, right? Exactly. He's
2: talking to Lenny, and that's when she's starting to like. Like, they're in. Oh, which also we have skipped over the introduction of Oliver Bird.
0: Oh, yes. Uh Yes.
2: Mm. Well, we talked about it a little bit, like like the intro. But. Let's go back to David meeting Oliver Bird in the ice cube, and <laughs> him playing the actual noise jazz. Yes, and reciting Ooh, beat, p- poetry. beat poetry. What penumbras? <laughs> I met your husband. He
1: was a beat, beat poet. poet?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and like, just the way Jemaine Clement is able to read a line, which I'm not. Like, it's so, so him that yeah. that whole scene, like. I have to wonder how involved he was with like the specific writing and because
4: the- he can't not be himself that particular right. actor. No.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, he just you know I feel
2: like your
1: character is an aloof psychic who has a bad memory. There's a lot. There's a lot. If you're an actor, if you're like a good actor, I feel like there's a lot to chew on there, uh-huh. and he's chewing. Also, <laughs>
4: well, he looks great.
2: His whole look is amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Another thing about yeah. the look, he's supposed to have been in this state for 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. But 30th, the style. 21 years.
2: 21? Yeah. Okay.
4: 20 ish. But the style <laughs> is in line with the style of what's currently happening. The show right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it lends itself to the idea that we have no idea what the time frame Just is. Out of time. Well, and he asks
2: him, like, is what's going on out there? Is there mm-hmm. still a whole free love, yeah, free love thing? Yeah, he's just like, no, if, yeah, <laughs> like mm, too bad.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I definitely think he was more adept before he was trapped in the astral plane for 21 years. Yeah. But yeah, it's because he's been there for so it's long. To that, his mind. Yeah. He, he's mm. like trapped in his own mind. You see years.
2: that even more <clears throat> when he meets Carrie and he's and he's like trying to remember just I mean, simple words. And, when he
1: right. when he comes back to the physical Realm is he there at all?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's in, interacting so. with Corporal space, his but body he just has gone
4: from the
1: it, from the thing. Yeah. yeah at I the guess... same
4: time, we never saw the body because Potonomy, when um, what's her name, Melanie? Melanie. Thank you. When mm-hmm. Melanie goes to open the mask, he goes, "Don't." So we don't even see the body. I think. Body. He, I think. Why
1: is he? he in doesn't the first want place. I don't. Well,
0: they cryo- I th- cryogenically froze yeah. his body mm-hmm. to keep him well.
1: Cause he what? Cause he's been
0: in like the the state that we see David in when he was put into the memory and he was sedated and he was there. That's Oliver's like, been there
1: for too long. Well, yeah, okay. put he got, himself in there, so he got kind of he got t-
0: trapped himself. So
1: like the door kind of locked behind him.
0: Well, he would
4: stay for longer bouts of time and then okay, just never came right. back. So oh, there is one
1: back. time he just never.
0: So I think they froze his body to make sure that his body was still. Did he go into the diving he come back suit? To?
1: Did he go into the diving... Dy- <laughs> okay. No, well, I, I, this is actually kind of makes sense to me. So does he go into the diving suit to kind of do like a a la Stranger Things 11-esque like sensory deprivation situation so he can uh, like better channel himself into... I personally
4: assumed they put him in that because that was the technology available. The,
1: the to okay. are, yeah, Yeah. And okay.
0: then and he materialized that. It's like a in projection. Right. Yeah. And
1: then he just kind of pops... Back into reality somehow. Ooh, David, gravity. Brings gravity.
0: <laughs>
2: David brings <laughs> him back. <laughs> <laughs> David Very brings good. him back, right? Yeah. Okay, David, well, pulls, whole, David like, kind of pulls him back. The whole yeah. team,
0: right. like Carrie and Melanie, they kind of okay. all go into the ice cube. And, right.
2: and it's also, I think it's kind of a stylistic choice to put him in the diver suit. I mean, like in yeah. in the cryogenically frozen state mm-hmm. because of the way that one when, when they're in the astral plane and he finds David... Like, it's just a very cool stylistic choice. And then also later he gets that great Jules Verne line. Have you met my friend Jules Verne? Jules Verne. <laughs> so I just, every scene that Jemaine Clement is in in this show is Chef a Kuss. treat. Yeah.
0: Yes. he's great. Absolutely. Like, I was already digging the show through mm. the first three episodes. And then when you find out. Later on, that Melanie was like, "Well, if you've heard the elevator, or if you've gotten a uh-huh. coffee, you've uh-huh. heard my husband's voice." And I was like, "How did I not pick up that it was Jermaine?" Yeah, the time? I was. Yeah,
3: I was watching. If you the didn't show know he Kirsten... was in the show,
2: and you pick up and you you get that op- that cold open of episode four, it's <laughs> like,
3: what? Yeah, that's what a how gift! I was introduced so to it like, What? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I was like, Kirsten likes Jermaine as well, and like. Jermaine, my good friend, who I call by his first name. (laughs) I wish it was my friend. I'd
2: give I'd trade all three of you for like an hour. I I think he would be our friend. I'm not even offended. Um I
1: was just I was like, do you know who that voice is? Because it was when he's like the coffee machine. She's like, no. I was like, Just you wait it's Jermaine. She's like, Oh, oh yeah. I was
2: like, whatever. For me, he's like like right below, and it's close. It was just right below Jeff Goldblum. I'm but, sorry? So, excuse me, Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum. You. <laughs> we didn't knight him for no reason. I know, I know, <laughs> I, know. I know. We had a whole story I thought amount.
4: Grandmaster meant, like, you're a chess master.
3: Well, it's a whole thing. We did a
1: whole thing. <laughs> Listen to the Thor Ragnarok episode. Yeah. We we took a lightsaber and we knighted him, and oh, now we okay. can only refer to oh, him. Yeah. It's canon it's to story screen lore. Yeah. <laughs> Grandmaster Shaquille.
4: Yes. <laughs> Understood. I won't make that mistake again. Yeah,
1: Thank well, you. We don't want to. I don't want to flip a table or anything.
0: <laughs> I just got this yesterday. No, a couple of days ago. We <laughs> have to you. Be Careful. Yeah, we have a lot of so the part greedy. where I started just
1: screaming
2: at Stanford.
0: Don't you disrespect I'm my sorry. man? Sorry. <laughs> um.
2: Anyway. So. So wow. we're still
0: in episode three. So
2: so
3: we're still <laughs> three <laughs> episode yeah. three. My goodness. So I feel um, like we
4: keep jumping past like all the dream. Because I feel like the dream work with David, obviously that leads to, like, bleeds into everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that right. plays such a huge role in Absolutely. us understanding what is going
1: on. I mean, they, right? it's right? a very – the show, as nonlinear and crazy as it is, it is, it's also very clinical in the way that it's teaching the audience the rules of the world. Right. So, you right. know, they They're like, we're doing dream work and talk work and we're going to send you through this kind of system yep. and make things make sense to you. And just when they kind of explain the rules of the world – Farouk makes clockworks and breaks
2: it again. You know, he just kind of punches through all the rules I, of the show. A lot of it, for right. as much of it, is about mental illness. It's also about therapy. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think where I was going before I went on my... Jermaine tangent. tangent? <laughs> was uh, um, the way that David teams up with Lenny at the end of episode four in order to get, to get out. out of his coma state. And then from then on, he's very different. As a character. He's confident. For a while. Yeah. Like, because it's almost disturbingly. Like, disturbingly yeah. It's anxious. disturbingly confident. Yeah. And he acts so much differently, like, in episode five. It's, like, kind of. Well. I don't know. I was, like, really He's disturbed. more
1: powerful, but falsely. Like, he makes the safe space for him and Sid. Right. But, but even in the, the way the bathroom, he presents it, like
2: in the back room, you know, there's Farouk Lenny. is there yeah. chilling, you know. Even well, the way he presents it to her at first, it's like creepy because he's like, I'm the magic man.
3: Right. It's like, dude, oh, that's, whoa, yeah.
2: chill, what? No, there's a m- melding aggressive. of yeah. like personalities. towards
0: her. Yeah. Well, when before he escapes out of that sedated state, mm-hmm. he does confront Lenny, who are you? And Lenny says, I'm you. I'm me. I'm okay. everything, everything you, you want to be. be. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens to him once he breaks out is, yeah, he, like he's kind of... Finally, using the power that Farouk gives him, as well as his own. Ooh. Yeah, and yeah, that's the danger. I mean, when you like see Faruk's slowly starting to break out, when you
1: see the security it's camera Tyler footage, uh-huh. yeah, to well, for sure. I mean, when you see the security camera footage of um, of him breaking into his assault on D twenty three, like
4: dancing through, he's dancing,
1: but like you know, he's at that point. Like I don't think he's in control at all. No, David's not, not a murderer. Enough. It's Lenny, kind of like it's like Tyler Durden. It's like let me take the wheel for a minute. Yeah. You don't worry. want to kill all these people. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll right. take the wheel. You know, so they're kind of. I'll help you save your sister. They're kind of sharing. And, like, you know, when he lets Farouk take the wheel, and I guess Farouk's not powerful enough to completely. Because that's the thing. Farouk is powerful. Is very powerful to David, but only as powerful as David lets Farouk be. Right. And we learn when he does his rational thinking, which, again, I'll save it. But when he does his rational thinking, like, you know, it. The minute he kind of calms himself down and thinks, he's able to break out of his, like, sarcophagus, mm-hmm. you know? Right.
2: And right. it's terrifying when they're watching that security footage from oh, he's, District 23. He's murdering people. Well, first when they show David just kind of dancing around, like, like, like snapping people out of existence. Yeah. And then they sh- see the one camera view that's in, like, thermo mode. And you see... monster. Terrifying.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love
1: the design, and I love hate. I love
2: the design. Oh, of, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. It's Especially such a the good the rags, though. the tattered rags. But he also
1: has, scene. he has like, he's kind of, he has like a suit collar on. Like, it's yeah. It's the same so one that you see Lenny wear later
4: right. on. Yeah, yeah, he's
2: got like yeah. the three hairs across the top. Mm. Of his he's, like, yeah, he's like <laughs>
1: fucked up Homer
2: Simpson.
4: He's like, scary, <laughs> but he's also like a massive joke. Because when he's in the cube, mm. when David's in the cube and uh, Farouk is outside, he's kind of like pacing and back and bah, forth. but it's almost yeah. like... Laugh worthy. How he's trying to get inside and he can't get inside. Because at the end of the
1: day, he's he's like an insect. You know, he's all powerful, but he's there's the thing is he's all powerful by perception. Like there, he's also infinitely weak.
4: Right. Without David,
0: what is he? He's not. Or without a host. Without a host, then he He needs a host.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, you know, this is very. Morbid, but you know, like how a body, if it's found in like a bathtub, it's like decomposing and bloated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we still haven't really seen what Farouk looks like. I think that's like his bloated body from oh. being within David for so long. So, mm-hmm. like, the monster you are seeing is like a dead version of what Farouk actually is. Like and that. so, you're like seeing like a weird decomposing version of what yeah. Farouk is.
1: I mean, it's so, cool to like have Farouk not have a stable identity right. physically, right. like to give him right. an unstable identity, to give him a on un- him, a quote unquote, an unstable gender, like it, right. it
2: adds to. I think they do the, specifically gender him as male.
1: They gender him as like when male. They, but when it's, they talk
2: about his 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 father, David's father, fighting sure. Farouk,
1: but like that's, but a, that's that, that is a fluidity.
2: There's
4: a fluidity. To there's that a anyway. fluid, yeah,
2: it's like they they use like
4: that scene where Lenny is on top of David and like. Caressing him, yeah, yeah, like licking there's, him and I stuff. I also think
2: that's like that's Len- That's it is, but it's like I think before farouk became without a physical body yeah. he had a physical body that and was and it male.
0: was a male i agree mm-hmm. with you
2: it's not a point that I, I need to get hung up on but no. i
0: think he's got like a fluid identity for sure and yeah, but it yeah. was in a male body well, i agree with you. yeah well, i well, think in he, he uses to that... seduce
4: a person you have to be fluid right. Right. and like mm-hmm. the entire relationship between lenny farouk david was this constant seduction of mm-hmm. like yeah. placating and then indulging and then taking over
3: right
0: because even through David, at the very beginning of the first episode, Lenny is, like, commenting on how hot Sid is. Right. Like, trying yes. to get him interested. Right. right. like, she supposedly plays, like, for the other team. Like, she... Lenny comes right. off as a lesbian. Right, Like, that's her persona at first. Like, she thinks One Amy of- is sad. That's, w- that's what we're supposed whatever. to think at
1: first. Yeah. Right, right. But I think there's... Yeah, it's not something to get too hung up on. But I think sure. that there is a fluid... I think what Stamper was saying, like, the fluidity to the, to the demon, and, like, sure, we may... The characters may use like pronouns like him and, and things like that. But I think that's just kind of the the weakness of language, less so sure. than what the actual
2: character I think it also is. is. just
0: sure. Rare I uh,
2: Raw sexuality of the like demon persona that it just uses it however it needs however. to. Yeah. 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 Because like when it's when David is first talking to Lenny, uh, while he's still in the astral plane. He says something offhand like, oh, blow me. And Lenny says, oh, sorry, bro. I don't swing that way. Yeah. But I'll do a circle jerk.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's like supposed to lend to that character of just that kind of like vile, violent sexuality in a way. Sure. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Because especially the way that Lenny like is later grinding on on David and like straddling him often especially in the last four episodes and like kissing him like sticking his tongue to right. and like yeah. oh the noises when it when she sticks his, her tongue nah, nah, nah. in his mouth it's it is like feels like violently sexual sure yeah. in a way. and at that it's,
4: point it's more of a realization that Farouk has almost entire control and mm-hmm. that was for Sid's benefit seeing that right she yeah. did
0: it for Sid to see right
4: because Sid had been allowed into this um, point of view where she could see the fracturing when she was in the memories. She could see how worlds were opening up when mm-hmm. the others couldn't because she swapped places. Because with David. she swapped places, she touched Farouk, Farouk, yeah, and Farouk was well aware of that and using mm-hmm. that to his her advantage, right? Yeah, I think
1: they it's advantageous to both of them, which is why in the earlier in like the first half of the podcast, I was just like, I do not think that Farouk has any. Real power over Sid besides just like emotional leverage, right? You know, I don't think that you to know Farouk could be like manipulate her mentally in any way. But the reason that she that Farouk can be like I'm going to take you to the house on the beach and to the safe place is just because it's manipulating David's power, right? Right,
0: and it's, I can see that too. Yeah.
2: It's terrifying in the scene where Farouk takes sid back to the white space which oh, yeah. i think is episode eight
1: it's invading the safe place and she's just like so whoa
2: you can't be in here right. like she is upset and we as the audience know that that lenny Fruk has been there the entire time right. yeah because it's been showing it to us in the fringes and it showed david talking to Fruk even before he goes to um division three but mm-hmm. like when sydney sees it she is
4: It's terrifying.
0: She was like, I thought this was the one place that you couldn't be. And here you are. And I think that's
4: the episode where my favorite line is said, where Lenny goes, have you ever made soup? Mm. You cut the meat. Mm -hmm. You have the vegetables. Mm. You add the broth. Have you ever unmade soup? And that's kind of the entirety of this season. Can you extract one component without all of it still... Being there, sure. not really. You could take
1: a carrot out of the soup, but like it's been marinating,
3: it's, su- it's still in exactly. the soup. Still yeah, tastes exactly. like carrot. Mm hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. <sighs> soup.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of very good line. It's it's very well written. Yeah, it's
4: Absolutely. a great show.
1: Um we're almost hour in. I feel like we should I probably know. talk about... So
0: we can talk about Clockworks.
1: And then... Uh, the racial house. Logistic. We,
3: logistic
0: we should have mind. had like a whiteboard
4: with things to
1: like go over for this. <laughs> no, the show, is, the
4: show
2: is chaos. And I think... <laughs> the should podcast should be chaos. We're
4: drinking f- wine and coffee right now. That so is chaos. We're getting
2: chaos. on another plane right yep. now. Uh, <laughs> they go to the, the childhood house yes. of David where he's holding Amy. And I don't want to skip over... The scene the like silent scene Oof. because yes there's a lot of different instances where the show plays with sound not only sound but like the perception of visuals percep- perception of sound and i think that plays into like the mental illness dynamic of it because mm-hmm. it's taking things away yes. it's adding extra things it's like manipulating a lot of sight and sound which really is all and they talk about this too like david mentions this like, everything is just signals processed by your mind. Yeah. And when, you know, a, a lot of what mental illness has, like, the effect that mental illness has on people is the way that those signals are scrambled. Mm-hmm. Right. And the show just goes out of its way in so many different interesting and, I think, creative ways to scramble that for you, the viewer. And I think a way that most – I for most TV shows, like, viewers are not used to seeing I done. think
0: it would have been – just a smidge, just a little bit cooler. If maybe the characters would have been interacting in a way that they can still hear each other before we, the audience, were clued in on the fact. Like maybe like our sound cut out like a little bit earlier before the character sound cut was out.
2: Not the whole point of that scene that there is no sound in the house. Like the characters
0: can't hear each other. can't
2: hear each other yes. because there's no sound permitted in that house.
0: Right, right. So it made sense as a viewer though. Like, when we were watching it, yeah. they were like, oh, gosh, there's no sound. No one can hear each other. Right. But I'm saying it would have been cooler, I think, that if the characters were interacting in a way that they could still hear each other, but we as the audience couldn't. Like, like Farouk was messing with us a little bit before. He was oh. like, a,
1: like a Like a, a little bit of angle. fourth wall
2: breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
0: that would have been just like a smidge cooler, but I'm still I very, feel that. For all I the think stuff
2: think... they do, they never really break the fourth wall.
1: Mm. Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, give time. Yeah, yeah. some tricks. I think the game. idea True. is that Farouk, you know, he basically just unplugs sound. In he was like, brain. "Oh, you're all yeah. here
0: to help." Yeah, it's you like, are. I, yeah. Well, in like you know,
1: maybe he's kind of strapped for powers. He's just like, "Well, I'm gonna like you know." It's like being in like a power room and being like, "Oh right. video out, sound out." Like he's just like unplugging like you oh know, for sure HDMI's basically.
0: <laughs> right, right.
2: Which they come back to, which I want to talk more in depth. Once we get there, but the entire scene, once it starts popping off in the, Clockworks. in the, in mm-hmm. Clockworks, mm-hmm. because that whole like stretch of a scene where Farouk is bearing down on Sydney and mm-hmm. Carrie and like they're fighting Walter and all that stuff. And it turns into like the silent movie with mm-hmm. the cards and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that is all just so creatively done as well.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: We're well, not, not, not there yet. Not there yet. But yeah, you see uh, Farouk. Eliminate sound, right? Which also very much easily puts Walter in a position where he can take out Rudy, one of the characters who's part of Team A. Yes, and then takes him out.
2: Which and then poor poor Rudy. He, really, he really gets the short end of the
3: stick. In it. Like he eat. was there
0: in the beginning, and then he was like a vegetable in the end. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's always clutch when he's there. Right. Like, he is. Very it's true. true. He's yeah, kind of the clutch player for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes up the rear. Mm-hmm. But you see that team getting separated in the house and having to try to find where David is in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because Amy as well has kind of been manipulated to the fact that she's like kind of incapacitated. Like she doesn't know what she's seeing. She doesn't know what's real. At this
2: point she doesn't know what the fuck is going on because mm-hmm. she doesn't know anything about any music. She powers. just assumed
0: <laughs> that her brother was sick. Yeah. For her she's whole starting life. to come yeah, she's starting to like get it. And feel very remorseful for... Which
2: is when I think Lenny makes Amy admit to David, right? That he was adopted. Yes. Yes. And like twist the knife on Amy as well. Like, didn't you know the whole... Like, you never stood up for your brother. You always like went along with this narrative that he was sick.
0: Right. Right. And also, yeah, very much put her in a position where she feels like she's being like preyed on because she starts Lenny starts making like the advance, advances on her like mm-hmm. sexy and like mm-hmm. got like a hot hot bod underneath all that a- Aubrey closet mm-hmm. just house Frau s- whatever bullshit <laughs> she yeah.
2: steals the show oh my goodness in every scene it's a good thing that Jermaine Clement is not in more scenes <laughs> than Aubrey because like both of them are such show stealers uh, I mean, I season, like, well we season later. two is- yeah. <laughs> yeah I like there's
1: gonna be a lot of that the whole yeah. show is going to be stolen by them. Because forget Dan Steven's even in it. That's right. Who needs <laughs> <laughs> <We have> Legion. <laughs> yeah. Who needs it, whatever.
2: She's really killing it in this scene. Oh, especially when she's talking to when she's talking to Amy directly and then when she's talking to Sydney directly and she's, you know, kind of rubbing it in to Sydney that she can touch him all over the place, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, she gets them all in the house, she divides them, and then Mm -hmm. brings them back into one room where it's complete chaos. And the way Sid reacts is she says, David, white room now, in order to take them out of the space. Right.
2: Well, that's also when they're getting shot. Right, right. To try to
0: like freeze the time. Yep. And then after that brief moment, Lenny's like, all right, well... To, to better put David in my position, I'm going to make him happy. Yep. So let's put him where he always was happy, in Clockworks,
3: mm-hmm. where he was
0: mm-hmm. medicated, felt like he was getting better, felt like he was, like, actually leveling out. Mm-hmm. Let's put him there and give him all his friends, so like, can feed off of him.
2: What a good cliffhanger for an episode for them all to just, like, wake up, like, in a circle. In group. In in group therapy. And it harkens back to, like, the first episode mm-hmm. where, um, you know, one of them is drooling and, like, so many of the lines from the first episode are repeated again in this class. Did any of you think, like, in that moment, like, oh, shit, was all of this just, like... Oh, yeah. When I first oh, was yeah. watching it, I was just, like... I feel like that was Everything intent. is wrong. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's
1: trying to fuck with you. And then, like, you know, when you see Sid start being, like, self-aware and then correct, it's that, that's when you're just, like oh, thank God, the show's not completely off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going full dream sequence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was an excellent cliffhanger. Because I just forgot, especially on the second watch through, when you're on Hulu and you can just be like, next episode, next, next. episode. Yeah, yeah. I forgot right. like how painstaking that was We had to wait to a fucking that. week every
1: time. Yeah. No, no thanks.
0: Insane. <laughs> Never again. <No>. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, so, so now, was now the we're
4: first there. The time I had watched it, so I was able to like, just binge all of it, which was
2: Really nice on my part. <laughs> yeah, makes it makes wait. it a little bit better. Yeah. yeah, season. Well, you just said never again, but we're about to start watching season I'm two. I'm doing it we're right now. Be doing that, so again, <laughs> again, yes,
5: I know. Definitely again.
2: But it, it's interesting, also for me, like season or episode six, where the pace just slows all the way down. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: and they really dial it back, like in Clockworks, and give them more time. I think it's great in this episode where they are able to like dive more into each one of their individual psyches, like Carrie and other Carrie and like having the, having it abstracted to like, well, what is the same sort of character traits that their powers are manifested into? How can we distill that down to like actual real world psychological issues? Issues, Yeah. 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 And like their dependency on each other and then Mm -hmm. autonomy his memory and like remembering everything and then having the description of the day that his mother his mother mm-hmm. died.
4: Mm-hmm. She died doing the dishes. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting um, the power that Farouk had over them while they were in David's memory but it didn't last all that long. They mm-hmm. slowly but surely began to awake and it yeah. was because of the presence of Oliver and the reoccurring theme of the uh, aquatic man, because it wasn't always Oliver. Sometimes it was Carrie who was coming yeah. to right. wake someone else up.
2: Oliver sends Carrie, yeah. And then there's right. like there's holes
1: in clock in the new Clockworks because Fruk is very concerned with keeping David under control. That he cannot be all like he's not all omnipotent in the in the fake Clockworks. Right. Like, he's not paying as much attention there's not to Exactly like which is why like you know people. That's why you know whoever's in the diver suit can kind of pull people out and, and rescue them.
0: Yeah, speaking to those very, like, dialed-down levels of human interaction that we see, I think seeing Melanie's is the saddest. Yeah. Because seeing someone who's so confident, seeing her boiled down to a woman whose husband died and hasn't changed anything in her house and keeps all the clothes in a closet and just can't bear to live without him, you slowly start to realize, like, this is Melanie in Clockworks, and this is Melanie in real life, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, all these other characters have these extra powers, have this agency in her life. And she has agency, too. But to see, like, her sadness boil down, you are like, that's actually how she is It's anyway. like an external
4: manifestation of what's truly going on inside. Because right. they have a grasp over their own demons. But when they come in contact with David's demon, who turns out to be a very real demon that's when that's all extracted yeah. and presented right. to us. Well, it's,
1: it's the inverse of what they pitched to David when they rescue him. They're like, you're right. not crazy, mm. you have powers. Now the flip is, you're crazy, you don't <laughs> have <laughs> powers. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and they just it. kind of they, they re-flip it on its head again. And it's, it's a
2: really succinct way to describe it. Yeah. Right. yeah.
0: But Melanie is crazy in there and also outside as well yeah, because her, some people don't believe that all she doesn't have she, doesn't have she doesn't have powers desperate. she just has I do I would say crazy but she's
4: desperate she's for the life desperate. that she had and the love that she lost yeah. right right
2: yeah and I <laughs> I love the dance scene in there in that episode with Aubrey Plaza where she just like oh, totally she's like, just like, wearing, the, like, like very tights jeans, the very a Bond. Like, 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 Nina yeah. Simone yeah
4: um mm-hmm. feeling good uh huh a remix i loved that i actually watched that or listened to that song on repeat the entirety of that day after i watched that episode i was like yeah i'm feeling good too yeah
3: (laughs) there's a couple dance (laughs)
2: scenes like because in the very first episode with sydney as well Mm -hmm. the like dream like french yeah choreographed dance scene yeah it was like
0: french music but like almost like bollywood dancing yes where they're all together right yes
2: I think there's there. I don't there know for sure, but I think dances. there's like yeah, there's a. Few, there definitely yeah. is, but I think there's like a French. I think that has to do with like maybe An actual French, French cinema dance. or dance or something like that gotcha. as well.
0: Yeah, I really like how they identify music and dancing with really kind of like being the closest and in tune with your body. Because when mm-hmm. you dance, you're not really thinking; you're just kind of. like right. make it very dreamlike something else, you kind of you overtake go. your body, totally feeling, mm-hmm. not thinking necessarily, just. Purely feeling. So I don't know if that was necessarily trying to like almost humanize Farouk, like showing like other people like like to let loose and get having fun themselves. I think it shows with the dancing. He, he feels powerful. he's like in control. Yeah. 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 And, Finally, and like, in that drunk, moment,
1: he's just like, like I got exactly like waltzing through all the. Memories he figured out how to really sedate David because there's nothing really opposing him. Right, the right. He has to know that power can't last because he has time has to unfreeze. Right. So Farouk can't be all that happy with the situation.
0: <laughs> right, right. He's keeping you know. them there just as much as, like...
2: David's keeping him there. Right. Yeah. The little moment where, like, Lenny does the whole dance scene and then walks out of that room and then just, like, adjusts her clothes. <laughs> like, how many of us have been there where, like, we're in our room just fucking grooving and then we go outside and we're like,
3: mm-hmm, normal, to normal, yep. normal back to normal, yeah. back to real life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she just, like, puts her glasses back on and looks around like, uh-huh,
0: back to real life now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Sydney starts to get, like... Very clearly, she was like, I feel like someone is kind of losing control because they think they're in control. Mm-hmm. And that's how she starts to, like, tap into Farouk. Because Farouk is becoming so comfortable in this reality. Mm-hmm. That's why Farouk starts losing in this reality. Right. He gets too comfortable. And then right. he starts, like, seeing through it.
2: And that's where we get Oliver coming in through the astral plane, mm-hmm. rescuing Carrie first.
3: Mm-hmm. Which
2: is another great Oliver scene, which we touched on a little bit. And then... Uh, and then Carrie going back out, and and I love, I think that's episode seven. But Carrie grabbing Sydney first.
4: Oh, instead of the other Carrie.
2: Yeah, well, that's part of it too. But I like just like the interaction between the two of them.
0: Oh um, yeah, when he's trying to explain when, when her they're what's in going the lighthouse.
2: <laughs> And like it's it it could be this like almost damsel situation, but she's like, I Sydney is out. just like, No, I <laughs> oh, got this right. shit. She's like, No shit we're in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like and in she a code like, of
4: silence talking yeah, about Yeah, and she's yeah. just
2: like, here's what we're gonna do yeah like I got it I'm gonna go rescue him shut up give me the glasses yeah, let's go that's yeah. why
4: Farouk put her to sleep put those headphones on her because she mm-hmm.
2: was too
0: woke <laughs> which so
2: woke that scene so was woke. also super cool yeah. where yes. she gets the like that song that plays with the yeah, crickets perfect. and she just floats back to bed has gone
0: yeah. yeah it's kind of sad because the male carry finally is like I get to shine for once yeah and he was like gosh darn it another woman another <laughs> <laughs> strong woman yeah.
3: strong women gosh darn it <laughs> He
2: worst. really he really has a problem with women Strongly. who are much stronger than him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: How do we feel about the weird like uh, crown of thorns that they put on?
0: Oh, to keep Farouk in place. Yeah, oh. I feel a
1: little weird about that because it's like they put the thing on his head, and like then there's the whole sequence later where it's like, we need to give him more power so he can like they just like just give they just and then they just have Oliver it's like in a Walters. tube. I don't yeah. know. What was, what was that? And then they just what have power? Oliver in like a tube just like I find scenes like that really silly because I'm just like, what is more electricity going to do to the weird head?
2: It's the pseudoscience, like just yeah. like Carrie do it. Just th- like what the fuck mean, is going on? It, it's playful with Carrie's technology because whenever like he and when he and Oliver are trying to remove Farouk from him, they're like typing on two different keyboards. <laughs> it doesn't make <laughs> so, <laughs> like it's, it's not very, very
0: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like that was a way to get Oliver separated from the group yeah for the very end of i mean i mean yes yeah Yeah,
1: but i just thought the whole crown thing i just thought was kind of very silly but then also like you know um david's in like complete control at that point we skipped over the rational mind part well but
2: no we skipped over a couple the rational mind part and also like the sequence that i mentioned before where they shit is popping off big Mm -hmm. time and like that's right after Sydney talks to Carrie and like goes in to save everyone and puts puts on the glasses. Right,
4: right. Enhanced Very glasses.
2: good homage there. Mm-hmm. Uh to They Live. Oh. You haven't seen They Live? No. Of course not. Anybody else? <laughs> no, sorry. No, wow, okay. That's <laughs> but an it's homage. A great homage. <laughs> it's a good homage. It's good. Rodney good. Uh, Rowdy Rodney Piper. Very good. Eighties action movie. Gotcha. Uh, check okay. it out. With
0: glasses. I see. He puts
2: on so they okay. He puts on he he gets the he finds out he he gets these glasses and basically finds out that like everybody in power is like this alien.
0: Okay, gotcha. And
2: all the like like he puts Scientist. on the glasses and all the billboards say like consume and like money is your god and all that stuff. And oh. he
0: sees the real world. It's a cool
2: Ooh. '80s movie. It you check it out. Yeah,
0: that so
2: cool. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Heath. Um, <laughs> <Busted>. Okay.
3: So, <laughs> He's seen they live. <laughs>
0: So let's get into the rational mind bit because I definitely have some thoughts on the end of the season one, and then also which is kind of coinciding with the rational thought, the chalkboard scenes mm. where David is trying to figure out what he knows. Yes. Uh, in order to break out of his coffin that Farouk has put him in, coffin co- or uh, Farouk kind of locks David in his own mind, Mm -hmm. in order to stop him from getting out of the clockwork scenario. So, yeah.
1: So. It's Professor X. Is that what we think? Uh Do we all feel that way? That
0: that's his father? I definitely think Professor X is his father, but I don't think that David really knows anything else. I think that's, like, what he tries to kind of figure out. I think parts of it are true, but maybe parts of it aren't true. He Mm -hmm. was just trying to figure out Possibly, what could have happened to him as a child? So, Which, do we
1: think that British David is not like a weird projection and/or holdover that Professor X kind of like put in there, like a little bit? No, this is I like think a
4: pure, like elementary, my good fellow. You yeah. know, it's just like
1: he just—he sounds so Professor X, like he's doing his British thing. I mean, but like he sounds <laughs> like,
2: and like obviously the show is trying to make you think about it. There's a lot there. I mean, in the comics, Professor X is David's father. Yes.
3: Oh. Yeah. yeah. So Stephanie that's kind of a cheat. That. Okay. That's kind of a cheat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: That's kind of a cheat. But the idea is that the British rational mind, and specifically because he's British, I think it's also, like, a fun way to play off the, the fact that Dan Stevens is British. Yes. And, like, mm-hmm. having a separate mind. It but, works
1: on a few levels. Yeah. It works on yeah.
2: a lot of levels. But, like, the idea that Professor X is kind of channeling into David's mind mm-hmm. as a... and. and David's perceiving him as like this British version of himself and then Uh, he's like talking about his father specifically and like the rational mind is leading him to more information about his father very specifically they show his father in the chalk scene has no hair Mm -hmm. Um, and then also like when David again I mentioned this a little bit before is like speaking in his father's voice as he's drawing it he does like a a British voice so like a lot of like little points that, like, this is his father's Professor X, but I think what Robbie is trying <laughs> to get likely. at is was that actually was Professor the rational mind, like, Professor X? Yes,
0: gotcha. I always saw it as like that was very much like split mind for David, mm-hmm. like, one in one lifetime, the David that we've been following, this is what he became. But this version is what he could have been if he would have lived with his parents. Yeah. Like his actual birth Fair. parents. Yeah. So I thought it was like a fraction of who he is. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see it as Professor X like projecting himself into David's mind. But I like that reading a lot. I
1: saw it as more of like, and the more I kind of like sit on it's like not so much, because it'd be weird if Professor X like just wherever he was was like, David's in trouble like that's weird but I do think that <laughs> well he's a very he, is, has cerebro yeah,
4: Laura, he has and Cerebro for yeah he would just leave his son to his own no. device and be like oh I sent him away but I, he's fine yeah. but I, I should think, check in on him yeah, I, I, what, what I do, do is think, think is that Professor X him. is
1: such a powerful mutant that he can leave a bit of him in David that can like flip on like and subconscious. When, shit, when shit gets like really... Like message. Exactly. It's I mean, like, in like the same way that really... Farouk
2: is part of his mind. Right? So, like,
1: you know, I think that Fraser X was, like, if he's ever in real trouble, wherever he is, like, this, like, seed that I left in his mind could, like, flip on and, and help him through it. Or it could just be a device to help him slow things down, take it down to basics, and write down what is real, or what is facts.
2: maybe a little bit of all three. And I don't... I think... The cool thing about the show is it will never go back and really, like, spell out specifically which one of those options. I think the show is concerned with going forward, not concerned
1: with answering what's going on.
2: I mean, we've we've had conversations about multiple scenes where, like, you can kind of, it's vague enough that you can read it in many different ways, Mm -hmm. and I don't think the show is concerned about going back and clarifying any of that stuff.
4: Right, right. Because from a psychological point of view, you can relate to it on many levels. So with that scene, for instance, Mm -hmm. it could just be, I mean, we all tap into that logical side of us when we have the moment to, when we slow down and do that, or you could look at it as his father leaving like a little seed that's harvested later. Mm -hmm. But that's what I think is so interesting about all of it is that it could be something else or Mm -hmm. it could be the mutant aspect of things. Right.
0: Because yeah, I during that whole sequence when he's explaining it on the chalkboard what he thinks could have happened before he was born and why he was sent away uh
2: he gets it pretty good pretty specifically <laughs> huh? yes he does yeah
0: maybe uh, yeah but,
1: i mean it could all be misdirection really
0: right but i think yeah maybe the reason charles is coming to him now is because during his childhood charles didn't feel it was safe to come to david right. because if Charles came to David too frequently maybe Farouk could also feed off of him as right. much yeah. as David so I can see Charles well, being like well the shit is hitting the fan yeah, now. Now so me getting, being yeah. there mm-hmm. is not going to be a problem he
1: knows that Farouk is out there because he's fought him before and he knows that he thought by sending David away that Farouk would find him but it seems that Farouk found him uh, pretty, pretty much right, right away, really straight right away. Right away. <laughs> But <this laughs> the first maybe. thing he did Maybe, maybe, and that's unless you know, something again, I'd like to
0: talk about at the very end, but I don't sure. want to get into it beforehand. We'll save it. We'll save it.
1: <laughs> well, how are we gonna? I'm so
0: intrigued. How so, do I we mean, get towards the
3: end? We the got, end of, how much
2: more we got. The end of episode seven is them busting out of the yeah. clockwork, the imaginary clockwork, and that's
3: mm-hmm. we
2: talked about it a little bit already. But mm-hmm. I really love that I'm whole sure. sequence with um, Walter chasing down female Carrie and Sid, and then. Farouk, Lenny, whatever, coming out and then attacking them. And David, meanwhile, is like busted out of his mind palace that Farouk put him in and is like breaking down (laughs) the walls. And it's all in like the silent movie format.
4: There's so Mm -hmm. much to all of it.
2: There's a lot. Because
4: they're frozen in reality in David's childhood room. Or, yeah, childhood room. Yes. Sid and David go to the white room all of them are in this mental space with them. And then there's this whole of the
0: reality going on right. outside of reality. Right. Layers.
2: Oliver is there in the physical space, like doing the whole musical that? thing what with is the bullets. That? The
0: conducting? Yeah, the conducting, the what musical notes. What is he notes, doing? Because then, he, love, then, he, shield, then, he, then he gets creating a shield and then nothing hit. Hit. happens. Yeah. <laughs> I
4: noticed that. He's like, <laughs> it's I, this grand overture yes. and then just like
0: nothing
2: like it's like, it's like total blue balls yeah, yeah it's like i love how it's <laughs> really showy and big and it's like i think that's the portrayal of oliver that they're going for mm. is like him like finally getting this like psychic moment and he's doing this bigger and then like this that song is on the legion season
1: two tra- soundtrack which is on spotify Ooh. and it is fucking dope well we'll get into
0: this <laughs> a little bit later but i think farouk and oliver have a much stronger connection it's That I would like to get into, Uh, so I think maybe Farouk was projecting that like Oliver might save them into the minds of like Melanie, maybe. No, I think that's I think that's really that's that's deep down (laughs) the hole. But it did seem like Oliver was really trying. He just just
2: really is also probably fairly compromised, like in his power that he spent so much time in the astral plane that like.
4: His mind I has clear, love... clearly been entropying for twenty-one a years. A long time, right. yeah. Yeah. I love right. how he
2: just comes and he's, like, mm, my, what a pickle, <laughs> <laughs> because he's so
4: detached from all of it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh,
2: mm, for he sure. he's, familiar.
1: he's like, mm. he's like, uh, Instinctually sharp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he still helps. He still helped all of them, but like, he's just like, uh...
3: <laughs> doing my best. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: I, and he's just—he has no sense of like urgency, which I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this, this is weird. What yeah. Situation you guys are in. It's like, <laughs> I'll help you
2: Oh, man, I forgot about his dance scene earlier, which is was back in episode four. That was in the during Carrie fight, Carrie's scene, fight, during fight scene. scene, during the fight song. Oliver oh. is also dancing yes, at the
3: same time. Did he have a martini?
1: Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> he does have he like, one of these, which is a very uh, yeah, visual just, like, gag,
3: uh, yeah. but
0: he's on a liquid diet. That man is. Yes. <laughs> he's <laughs> <cured> himself. <laughs> yes. That is true. Uh, so that last episode, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So then they
2: no. then they bust out. And, they bust out. Uh, I I bullets. really love like it's really fully the end of the Matrix like Neo yeah. like it stopping totally, the bullets oh my God. and then after that he's like fully
0: well you think he gets hit and then he's like haha oh, just kid. kidding yeah. <laughs> well, he's like
1: he's super good at using psychic he's gone like he's, he's super using, saiyan 2 now he's using all his batteries and his headband
3: batteries <laughs> so then you see
1: like Pizza of in it I, I I love the show I hate the headband log- logics I well, get it that it didn't last very long it didn't last or very long be. and it's very necessary to do what they did what about it really jives
2: doesn't jive I with you think it's
1: stupid <laughs> Because what about it is, what is it doing? It's
2: firing electrical signals in a 360 degree rotation that keeps, yeah. Separating the uh-huh. freak out. It could
4: like segment certain like frequencies. I, that's
2: the part that you're getting hung up on?
0: Oh, <laughs>
4: look at him.
0: Clifters, <laughs> Robbie's tongue is out. He's just, yeah. He is just, uh, dying. Not giving up.
2: Not giving yeah. up. I think it's a mixture of yogurt and Ooh. Yes. It's
0: like Ew. a cream. Cocktail. Uh-huh, a yeah.
1: Cocktail. Yeah. A
0: cocktail. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: um, I just thought it was just kinda silly. It's
2: a little bit corny, but
0: like, <laughs> dude, come on that's, at this that's point. The
3: part.
2: <laughs> but well, I I love I love how like the end of the episode is is them as um, Division 3 showing back up again with what's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark. Clark all burnt up. Mm-hmm. And like that's the cliffhanger there, and then they resolve that the next episode by David just being like nah, and just like like Robbie said, making the human tower. Know, oh all yeah, guys. well and the Clark beginning is like, such a build up, Shit, up to that. Man, yeah, fuck. Like,
0: the beginning of that episode say, though is like a complete stop, and they're like, let yes. us tell you what happened to Clark. I
2: love which that. I like
0: that that's how that episode opened. Right. It was very like, you know what? There are multiple important things going on in this yeah. world. Let's show you what D three is all about.
2: And they show what they do a really good job of humanizing Clark there by they do. immediately introducing you to his husband and his son. Yeah who he has he has a husband and they adopted a little black boy yes. and like that scene in the hospital is so heartwarming. It's, yeah, you kind
4: of back him in that revenge vendetta. He has. definitely
2: it's a little
1: like overwhelming at first because like it's just like there's just so much diversity happening all at once. And yeah, you're, like oh my Whoa, God. Whoa, <laughs> well, holy shit! Then you just but then you know because you're a good person, you're like I accept this. This is cool. <laughs> this, is very, this is very good. it's also a very good way to <laughs> to, 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 to
2: humanize him yeah. really really quickly. It's like oh yeah,
1: David really did fuck his life up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, fuck his life, into and he pieces. has a he has a dope two faced cane. Mm, and this soon. is his last. He's also he's just like he's. Like a two face kind of, yeah. yeah. He's got a two face. Without, without the coin, without <laughs> and Also, eight.
4: that wasn't David's doing that burned him. We still don't. Yeah. We have no idea that. we did that. Actually, yeah, yeah. No.
2: So he
1: blames David
2: for sure. Oh, for sure. And, but it's weird to me that no one at Summerland has mentioned that either. Like, like yeah, it's like, like who me. did Whoa, burn your face? The surge like,
4: surge of fire was really weird none and convenient. Of our, do you have that? <laughs> no,
2: do you? No, none of us have firepower. Mm (laughs) I'm (laughs) not (laughs) really sure.
1: Weird. (laughs) Sorry. Only a a few of them have like classic. Only one of them has like classic X-Men power, which is like Mr. Pushy. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I will say that all of the other X-Men films in my opinion, don't do a very good job of humanizing any of the villains. It's like they're no, completely 100% well, that's, awful that's a, that's a
1: superhero movie problem. Yes. Right. Until fairly recently, we get,
2: we've been getting some good ones.
0: But, right, oh right.
3: boy,
2: Oscar Isaac in Apocalypse. <laughs> my goodness bad. gracious, that is a bad one. Bad. <laughs> they made him purple. They made Oscar Isaac purple. They made one of the most beautiful men probably on the planet purple. <laughs>
1: On this planet, at least. Yeah, at least on this one. Yeah.
0: But for the humans to be usually pretty badly villainized and, like, not humanized at all. Right. For the humans who want to kind of see the mutants put in a place yeah. where they're not in power. But I, I mean, feel like in like this Magneto's world, Magneto's the sense. one, kind of.
1: Magneto's, like, the one bad guy who, like, is the most fleshed out in class. But he's against, a
0: mutant. Right? He's not a human. Oh, uh, like right? a human? Right. Yeah. I, I no, feel like Striker, like...
1: Yeah, but like he's, he's just, just like,
2: like a I don't piece know. Of shit. Yeah, he's
1: like I don't like <laughs> mutants. I, think, I yeah. think they're bad. Well,
2: <laughs> they play into that in that ep- like it's something they don't really talk about in the rest of the show, but yeah. it's episode like you guys eight- are gods, like. Right, they yeah. they play more into the human fear of the mutants and like the right, conflict between humans and and mutants, like the conflict between Summerland and Division 3 that exists here and I think that's going to be a bigger thing in season 2 as well. Right. I'm
4: not so sure because at one point Sydney turns to Clark and says, uh, do you want to help us now? Right. We need now we need to work together. But I
2: think that tension between humans and mutants will still remain, <laughs> sure. even if Clark now might identify himself more so with the mutants, especially now that he's like disfigured. Sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, other... you could tell that no one else at Summerland was on board with Sydney. Everyone was like, What are you doing? Like we don't want an alliance. Right. Mm-hmm. Sydney's like, Come on, we need an alliance. Like There's no way we're getting out of this. Yeah. Otherwise,
2: what can they do? I mean, right. You know, Melanie Bird threatens him by saying David is a world breaker, but then just as quickly we can see we see that David can be compromised. right? Right. Yeah. So.
4: Right. Yeah, he quickly regresses. Quickly. Yes. Well,
1: the batteries and his magic headband. Are dying. Let it go. <laughs> that, okay, but okay, but without my condescendingness, that is what is happening. He he's good while he has his headband on, and then you start seeing, and everyone's just like, "Man, give them guy, this guy on our side," and then the batteries start dying. It's just like, "Oh, oh no, this, he's
2: this wild
1: can boy. This is not good." <laughs>
3: Wild Cannon Boy. Wild
1: Cannon
2: Boy. <laughs> Wild Cannon Boy. So do you want to get to the game of tag finally as we sort of get into oh. the last last oh. little bit of this and wrap up? Or? Yeah,
0: that was actually, as you said, Jack, you are like, I kind of felt like I had to take notes during that last, uh-huh. like, very quick scene. Because it did become a, a little jarring. Either. Yeah. Because you see that Farouk is very quickly trying to soup David.
2: They're trying to unmake the soup.
0: Because yeah, yes. like Farouk is like, "Well, yes. I'm gonna fuck him up." And yeah, they're trying Cindy to. Yeah, they're supposedly. trying to. him. Oh. And I right. did
2: like the sequence of like David watching all of his memories with Farouk, and like seeing them now, and like seeing Farouk like disappear from all those memories was really interesting. And then them having that interaction, like, "Oh, we spent." What am I without you? Right. Kind of thing.
0: So see, like you guys said that you thought Benny was real, but you see something disappear on the floor with him as he's like smoking those vapors. Oh. So that's why I feel like Benny was also for
1: real. But, but, uh, but his ex girlfriend sees Benny. Benny in a flashback. But
4: then But that's we before don't Farouk is erased from
0: those memories. Mm-hmm. And Dave Billy seems to
4: know more about what's going on outside of everything. Then we're given information on. Apart from that one moment True. where she says okay. we're they're watching us, mm-hmm. and that's all we get from her. Right. Apart from the memories David has of her. Right. She has this understanding that there's something other. There's an otherness. Mm-hmm. So we can't necessarily. She probably saw the kitchen. <laughs> She's like, <"Whoa."> <laughs> "Something <laughs>
2: fucked up. He didn't do this on his own. Damn. I've seen a temper tantrum before. This is way enough.
0: You were in here for she two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: what happened? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, I still think yeah, it can be up for interpretation, 100. percent But yeah, I think that scene's very cool when he's going back and first we might... disappearing.
1: Well, I was gonna say I would in season two I'd be like, oh, well maybe we'll see David like a little bit like unmade soup, not so unmade. But did you guys see the after credits part? Of- yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. It. Okay, not yet. I, ju- <laughs> I just say, I just saw it the second time ah, watching it, and I was like. We're not there <laughs> it's it like totally do not,
4: detached from what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> do not skip <laughs> it's like there yet. A segue to what's coming next, I'm uh, sure. Uh,
2: so, my yes, thought The tag. The tag. So, David is being unsouped. <laughs>
0: yes. Sid,
2: Sidney Ew. realizes that this process is killing him.
4: Mm-hmm. Or she's led to believe by Farouk yes. because yes. the physical appearance of Farouk starts to crumble before us, like yeah. the Lenny yes. presentation, not looking so hot. <laughs> not looking so hot. Sorry, no.
2: but David is also physically bleeding.
4: That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: He's bleeding out of his
4: nose.
2: Um, so, regardless, Sydney kisses David. They swap. Mm-hmm. So now, that would mean David Slash or Farouk is in Sydney's body.
0: I was going to say yeah, Sydney puts her mind into David. Right. Then Sydney this brain. doesn't
2: make that much sense that she switches unless with Carrie. I don't know if she switches with Carrie. I think what happens next is that Farouk just places his hand in, from Sydney's body cuz we see from the scene in episode 4 once Sydney switches her power her touch power doesn't work.
3: Yeah, the power like once, leaves with her brain. Yeah, once she's
2: yeah. in Walter's body and Walter's in her body, like the touch power doesn't work because um David touches Sydney when he's unstrapping her from the Yes,
3: yeah. Which might
2: just be like a continuity thing.
0: No, I think.
3: But like this he definitely like brushes argument. up her
2: again, up yeah. against her hand. So I think what happens is Fruk can now just change. He can move from one body to another. So he moves to um, Could he have to carry next, carry? right? Female carry. Which, by the way, uh, we didn't not. really talk about Patonomy very much. Mm-mm. What a loose cannon. Just going in there with his Tommy gun and shooting things up. <gasps> yeah,
3: yeah. he's yeah. shooting at colleagues. He's very
2: angry. Yeah. He's
0: a very angry He never character. trusts
2: David. Mm-mm. Um, he is always the first one to want to kill. Mm mm-hmm. He's the only guy who has a gun.
4: But he sees the truth in people, which is another reason, potentially, truth. why.
1: Yeah, maybe he's just like, yo, I know this shit's no good. It's like, people ain't
4: good, I will kill everyone. He probably
1: agrees <laughs> yeah. with, like, uh, D3 in a little bit, because he's just like, we, he's, Some of these people are he's a bad. world breaker, take him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, like, there's uh, something to be said there. I mean, David is... Almost omnipotent being. Yeah. Like.
0: So, in this whole Crown of Thorns thing that you put into my mind that I yes. can't get out, he's like the Judas almost. Like, he could be a Judas
3: in yeah. this scenario. Definitely. For sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he I has. Mean, there's a, a Jesus allegory there. Mm. show. Sure. Oh, he absolutely. has visual contempt for David pretty much from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even in the first time he's working with Well, he doesn't him, like
1: that David can overpower him in the memory zone. Right. He it's does like not This not is like my zone. Yeah. I mean, I can't zone in.
4: But that wasn't David. It was Farouk, we come to find out yeah. later, who right. has control over the memories. He's
2: resisting me. So, so then Farouk pops into female carry. Mm-hmm. Kicks regular carry. And then... <laughs> That's when David shows up again, and they have their Dragon Ball Z fight in yes. the hallway. Right. Yes. And then launches into Oliver after Correct. after they clash.
0: Yes, it's like David kicks Farouk out, out of Carrie's body. Right. And he has to go somewhere. And he right. winds up in Oliver. And he goes into Oliver. Which is yes.
2: so tragic. Like moments before, oh, when he Oliver. Go ahead.
4: No, he just goes. Melanie, and that's honestly when he said that. That's when I knew something was gonna go down. Oh
3: yeah,
2: like no,
1: I think mm-hmm. the hardest part of the relay race is <laughs> the carry, or no, it's the David showing back up. No, it, it, it's um the sit. Sy- There's a few confusing parts because it's <laughs> it's Sydney to carry, mm-hmm. and which then I just it's, think is
2: Farouk can can change. sure, yeah. but right. then.
1: Because Farouk's on the,
4: like loose now.
1: So this means that Sydney Veruk and David switch back. <laughs> loose. Or
0: see, because yeah, Sydney says that like the the moments of being on the swap I think are getting longer. Yeah, but that was a very quick swap. Unless right. David just like came to and all of a sudden was like. Um, He's out of me. Farouk is out of me. I'm no longer like hemorrhaging in my brain. Now I'm awake. I mean, who can
2: say when? Like, I think Sydney. Sydney was back in the room with David. I right. think they probably just swapped because of all the trauma that was going on. And Fair. like sure. Sydney again, or like after Farouk moved from Sydney's body. But David's mind into female Carrie mm-hmm. that probably just like left her kind of vulnerable, and the, probably they just swap back.
0: That's true. Like stripped her of all for like.
2: Unless yeah. she just took Farouk,
1: and that's why she was able to maybe swap into Carrie. I think it's even more confusing.
4: Yeah, I think Farouk was just a passenger. Yeah. And if anything, this goes to prove that Farouk was acting out of desperation and potentially lying to Sydney about the soup situation because yeah, clearly David and. David is fine, separate from Farouk, but Farouk needs someone else to latch on to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why I was bringing up how disarrayed Farouk was becoming over the
3: course right. of his so deterioration. It's so great how they do the makeup for oh my Aubrey God. Plaza. Oh, yeah. She's
2: just, like, decaying, basically. Yep. I so love, like, her, like, Beetlejuice look. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, very, very, very Edward Scissorhands scissor <laughs> totally juice. So. Yeah, like, do we
1: think that, like, if Farouk—say Farouk was in Carrie— would Farouk just, like, sap Carrie into a fucking raisin? Because, like, he's able to stay in David for so long because David has so much power. But if you were to put Farouk in a lesser being, maybe mm-hmm. not even a mutant, would, would Farouk just basically just take all their energy and be like, well, I'm full and you're dead and you just have to hop out? Probably. Okay. Yeah. But that's
0: why he lands shown... on... Can Farouk...
1: Yeah. Was Farouk always able to hop out of David? And he just chose not to? I no, I think don't so. think so. He I think well
0: he enough. needed...
4: Because he needed, he needs someone to transfer David's him. father, who mm-hmm. had you know clear psychic abilities. He needed someone else with strong psychic so abilities. So then, how did Faruk, then there's Oliver? But
1: then how did Farouk latch onto David in the first place? I
2: think David. It's kind of like a Voldemort situation, whereas like
0: oh, uh, like a Horcrux situation. Yeah,
2: because like uh, it's David's father's fight with Farouk that put him in that compromised position. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he was in that position, the first thing he went to was David as a baby. So maybe like the channel was, was still. I think that was his open. first host. So okay. And um, he's fed on David for thirty years. Yeah. So he's very I'm weak, going right,
0: to then. put forth my okay. theory. And you guys can tell me it's not correct and that's fine. I'm gonna run with it for now. You're wrong. You're this right. is what I thought on the first run through. And I still think it after my second run through. Uh, people ask David, when did your power start to manif- manifest, when were you made aware of your, the voices? He said around 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. We know Oliver has been away for 21 years. Yeah. And we're led to believe that David is right around 30. Right. I truly think, because Oliver even says when, uh, David's like, your wife, and Oliver's like, she Chinese. Because he remembers like this Chinese wife. Mm -hmm. I seriously think when Oliver went into the astral plane, Farouk had to leave. Because Farouk can't be sustained in the astral plane. Mm -hmm. And that's when he went into David. I don't know why he wants David to believe that he was there as an infant. Because Mm -hmm. after Oliver rides away with Lenny, she's wearing an Asian-inspired outfit. And I think Oliver, his thoughts of his, like, Asian wife, he was like, I could have sworn she was, like, Asian.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's because Lenny slash Farouk was with Oliver before he went to David. But
4: Farouk couldn't get into the
0: cube. No, because he had to leave. That's when he went to David.
4: Yeah. Mm. When. But then wouldn't that be saying that Oliver was David's? father
0: oh i don't know if oliver is david's father i, I just don't think, think so i yeah, just think right. he had to find a new host and that's when he went into like 10 year old david right. but, but he creative, tells he david
3: multiple
2: times i've been with you since you were wound. a baby and they they show the flashback of him as a baby yeah. It's
0: true but he doesn't necessarily have like i mean they do show him as a baby for sure because he had to be a baby at yeah. some point there are
2: some he, he flaws was ostensibly a baby right <laughs> <point. Yes.
0: laughs> he was born yes <laughs> Uh, there are some flaws with this theory I don't think it's completely sound but I still think Lenny was like this Asian wife to Oliver at some point maybe. or is maybe now using that to, to advance Oliver yeah. right. mm-hmm. true. that could be true too yeah. absolutely I think there's a lot of fun things to play with I Oliver. can definitely see I mean
1: Oliver and, and Farouk Knowing each other from the past makes sense. I mean, Farouk is an ancient demon, right? right you know? Well, well
2: right. Carrie knew who Farouk was also. as well, so it of make sense them that knew it's like This is
1: not our first
0: run-in. Yeah, like as if he came yeah. to Summerland
4: at some point. And Oliver, when he saw Farouk outside of the cube, didn't seem perturbed at all. He yeah. was like, "Oh, there's that thing that's been that monster. around." <laughs> yeah, and you would you think can't get in, in here you're safe in here, but he's out there.
1: And I also right. like you'd imagine that Summerland is aware of the Xavier School for.
4: The gifted. the gifted.
2: You would think so. But do we you know think that it's we... within
4: this realm of time <sighs> that it's happening? <laughs>
1: I mean, it's, it's, that's all, those are the questions. I,
2: I think the strongest thing about this, one of the strongest things about this show is that we can have all these discussions and like we can kind of like, it's so, it's, it's kind of not vague, but like opaque in a way that you can have all these different kind of like approaches to what's going on and theories and stuff and like they're all probably somewhat valid in their own way and i yeah. don't think the show is going to go out of its way to disprove or prove any of these specifically
0: mm-hmm. right right yeah because i was trying to place summerland and they do say what happened in red hook mm-hmm. once and then they do say upstate a few times mm-hmm. yeah. so I, i'm led Xavier to believe that as well yeah, place in, yeah in the same state mm-hmm. as yeah, yeah. school for the gifted mm. So, yeah, it's hard to say, like, actually where it t- yeah. takes place. But I will say the car that the Summerland people drive, the steering wheel is on the right side of the car. I noticed on, that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But they drive
0: on the correct side of the road for here, for in the States.
2: I, I mean, you can get a car that's, you can, it's, I think it's legal to. I just to, saw one. On yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would, I that like, would what? trip me yeah. up. <laughs> I think that, that would be really <laughs> weird. I, I didn't be confused. know that was a thing. But yeah. I, I think that's one of the things as well is, like, like the clothes that are sort of out of era Mm -hmm. like just the car that's like the wrong just on the wrong side it's just another thing to like make your brain like sort of say like something's not quite right here and it's the little subtle things that it does throughout Mm -hmm. to your brain that just kind of like makes you like
3: what? Where even if I? you
2: don't pick up on it, your brain like subconsciously is like something's not right. Yeah,
4: right. Because even in a memory, something could have really been red, but you think of it as blue.
2: They talk Shark. about that too. Yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. curtains were different. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think this show stands out from a lot of the other like modern prestige television because so much of shit like in a post Lost world, right? <laughs> I mean, even post like post Twin Peaks, which right. is what inspired Lost so much. Right. Um, like, everything has become a puzzle box. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at Westworld, mm-hmm. when you look at mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, um, like, it's all a puzzle box that the internet collectively descends upon and tries to solve. And Legion is smart in that it, it because of the way that it's so mentally focused, that it, like, obscures a lot of this stuff right. and makes it... It's not a puzzle box. It's It's, like the mind right? right it's not a puzzle box that can just be solved it's it there are a lot of different angles and the way that so much of it is nonlinear and, and and difficult to kind of like put into place i think makes it really interesting in that way because it's still a puzzle box but like less a box and more like kind of uh, an amorphous thing
0: right right absolutely yeah those water cooler shows are coming back in a big way yeah yeah Definitely. yeah
2: I think this is one of the best ones because I don't think there is a right answer in a lot of these situations. Right,
4: and I, I think agree. we accept the fact that there are things that are just unsolvable.
2: It's
0: fluid.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Robbie, you brought up at a weird
4: robot,
1: yeah,
0: a while ago the <laughs> spear that comes and oh, steals okay. David away. <laughs> like, very, very <laughs>
4: end
3: that thing you brought up twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <away. laughs>
0: so, to end out this episode, what do you guys think is to come? in season 2. Jesus, I don't I remember. have
2: no idea what the fuck that thing is. What is
0: that sphere? Division 3? Like, we don't know cuz Division 3 is
4: now potentially on the side of our protagonists. Yeah. Right. You
0: know Clark is at least like right. Clark is willing to work on it. Also, up. He's they like, have talking this to the technology? people that are able to see through
4: his sight.
2: The closest guess I have is that even after Clark seems to be um like on their side, mm-hmm. it cuts back to Clark's husband and the, like, general guy. And I think the general says something akin to, like, deploy the Osprey.
0: Yes, oh. I think you're
1: right.
2: Yeah. And I think that's maybe what that oh. is.
1: Why do they just always do that? Why are they always fucking shit <laughs> up, Dave. Well, just, just, like, always send the weird <laughs> robot out. If you could have always sent the yeah, weird robot they out. they should have done that earlier.
2: Like, way well, earlier. I think they or kind they of waited for Farouk to they, get out. They waited for things to settle uh, down. But they, don't,
1: right. you, but they, in theory, shouldn't even know what Farouk is. Summerland well, made that discovery. No, but they do, they do they though
2: find because Summerland they. Summerland to begin
1: with. Well, because they take um, the burnt. What's his name? Clark. They take Clark there. But and how did has... find it? Well, he has the staff that has the camera in it, so maybe they kind of use context clues. Well, that doesn't explain how find
4: they found it, it. to begin I with, because he's I
1: think just with this where... gang of Walter people. Yeah. Was. I think Walter knew where Walter knew her. I think figured out. Oh, that's true. So uh, it all I,
0: seems like, as well, that this is all like within an hour of each other. <laughs> like yeah. D three, Summerland.
2: Clark. It doesn't has, seem very
0: separated yeah. to <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> they na- have been neighbors the whole
3: time.
2: <laughs> Clark has the staff and the camera, with the camera in it. So Division Three sees everything that goes down with David and Farouk because, like, he's remember okay. he's pointing the camera at the screen, and, like, and Farouk <laughs> shows up. He shows up on yeah. the screen. And he's like, "You saw that, right?" so Mm -hmm. I think they knew and I think they just waited for it to all chill out and then they just they deployed the Osprey and they they picked up um, David David.
0: I need to read or watch that scene one more time just to Mm -hmm. hear what they say yeah I think it was
2: I want to say it was Osprey I might be remembering that wrong but he says deploy Deploy the something something. the little robot it looks
1: like it could be like one of Oliver's toys or something like that it looks like a Summerland piece of tech which is why it was confusing David
2: says like is that one of Carrie's and then he beams him up uh-huh.
3: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: Bernadette, you saw episode two. I did. Did they answer season that one. immediately? Episode
0: one, season two.
4: Yeah, don't not Im- tell us anything. Not immediately, oh. but they do. The other
2: well, thing, yeah, I have not to know.
4: right. Let's like, not know. Yeah. The
2: other thing, where you touched on <laughs> it was all <a>
4: dream! <laughs> I used to read Word Up magazine.
2: The other thing that you touched on um, yes. was. Oliver and Lenny mm-hmm. driving away in the car going yes. on a little road trip. Yes. And that's harkening back to when we see Farouk standing in, like, a weird, like, control room kind of thing, looking at the big, like, Like a war room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Saying, like, where, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? But mm-hmm. we never find out what it is. And it seems like Oliver and Lenny are going to look for whatever it is. It is. is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is true. Hmm
2: it's yeah. a good show yeah <laughs> spent three,
0: it's a lot three
2: hours talking about it. it's a good it. show yeah.
0: yeah it's yeah the best thing on television at the moment i think mm-hmm. it's very good i agree i yeah. can't
2: wait to watch season two yeah. so excited might try to watch that first episode tonight whoa mm-hmm. is it on anything
0: right well it's four o'clock in uh, the
1: morning yeah. now. <laughs> 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 I mean, we haven't recorded for a few days yeah but.
0: right right yeah this uh season two could go anywhere i hope that they use all of the same mechanisms because luckily that first season they had the ability to use david's mind as a warping of things and now maybe necessarily they might not be able to use that yeah mm-hmm. so i think it's going to get weirder on the outside than it was internally for that first season it's going to give it a different flavor but a fun flavor
2: right. let's get weird baby i love that shit
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> Well thank Excellent. you so much guys for coming and chatting. Thank you. Yeah, and talking about Legion. You're welcome. Us. After having this discussion, I feel like maybe we should just like uh do like chunks of Legion season two. Yeah. I Instead of saying, like, the whole mushrooms. thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, same was, thing. So <laughs>
1: also yes. 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 <laughs> I think I would actually just like jump out a window.
3: Yeah. I think it'd be <laughs> very I unsafe. Know, I,
1: think sense. <laughs> or I have my, powers. Or I'd just be like, oh, the show's about this you know i just i just get, I just it. get it. i'm like no guys this, this is what i mean it's like
2: oh <laughs> i think yeah, legion's legion's one of those shows that's designed like you don't need to take drugs and watch it yeah but also if you do take drugs and watch it it's even crazier yeah, it's like <laughs> enjoy
0: i was legitimately scared some of those times like starting that recording on my dvr i was like i'm so excited for this but i'm also, also a little terrified yeah, yeah for sure well thank you guys thank you listeners For sticking with us and enjoying all this gabbing about Legion Season 1. Come back next time and hear us talk about Legion Season 2. Definitely coming up sometime soon. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, Do we have any other fun podcasts in the works for you guys? Boy, there's a lot lined up.
1: Uh, We got a lot lined up. I know this month we're doing a lot of Avengers stuff to lead up until... Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. We
2: got uh, Ready Player one, one hot take. Quiet we got a Quiet place hot take. We Isle have an of Isle, dogs. Dogs Isle of dogs, dogs hot take. Dogs. They're coming. Yeah, a lot of podcasts. I don't know when this one's going to be released, but totally there's a same. lot of content in, for sure. In we've been, the, been, we've been working chamber. on a backlog. That's for good. sure.
0: Well, thanks, guys, and uh, just make sure you follow us on all of the different places that you can find us. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us. On our actual webpage, storyscreenbeacon.com screen beacon.com.
2: tell you the Instagram is story underscore screen underscore beacon, and the Twitter is story underscore screen. Those are the two I know. <laughs> That's it. And we're on Facebook.
0: Yes. Easy.
2: That one, I, I don't know I think know it story yeah, just <laughs> on, <switch. laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you, guys, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. 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 I need to like, get this out and Walmart, shuffle Walmart. these the answer was giant yes. cards. Okay, I've pulled this one out twice, so I feel like <laughs> it's, it's meant to begging be. to be asked. Okay. Mm. Hired assassin.
3: Hey,
1: that's All funny. Right.
0: You are a hired assassin. It was not your lifelong dream to become a hitman, but that is the vocation destiny has forced upon you. Killing these strangers bothers you deeply. Very often you are haunted by vivid dreams involving your victims. But you've also become super... Are somewhat accustomed to the experience. You've successfully murdered 10 people over the past two years. Your fee is $10,000 per murder. Knowing your reputation for ruthless efficiency, a member of the criminal underworld asks you to murder his enemy, who is also a known criminal. I really hate this guy, says your prospective employer. He has done terrible things to someone I love, so I want you to kill him. But I don't want you to simply assassinate him. I want you to make him pay. I want you to kill him in the most vicious, sinister way you can imagine. Be creative and merciless. And if you do this, I will pay you 25 times your normal fee. (gasps) Assuming you are already a professional killer who lives outside of society's rules, would you accept these new conditions? And if so, how would you commit the murder? This is not a horny question. This is like a... Well, I no don't know... No policeman, listen I, to this. You know, I don't know what
2: anybody's yummy is. I'm not I'm not trying <laughs> to... That's
0: true. That's true. Uh,
2: is so we... this the setup for that show Barry?
0: That, it sounds like Barry's oh, HBO? Me. Yeah. yeah okay. I just want to act. We, yeah.
2: <laughs> we don't have the option to
1: opt out, right? You have to commit the murder. It says, but in would the worst... you
0: accept these new terms? Oh. So. And
2: how would you do it? And
0: how would you do it? <laughs> um, <laughs> in the worst
2: po- what's the worst possible way you can think of to murder someone? is basically mm. what she's
3: asking.
2: Yeah, I was going to yeah, yeah, say like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like zap them until they can't be zapped
1: no more. Like put an electric chair in and be like, "I'm gonna turn this up and just make them tell you some weird shit." and Just keep zapping them.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like bringing in their family. Ooh, and killing their family. Oh in
3: front of them God. and that's, then also is.
0: heavy torture.
1: What's creative? What's a good creative way? Like, like, th- like we're all creative. you're killing someone artists. outside of your mark.
3: It's, it's true. You know, yeah.
1: It's true. But
0: I think that's the most vicious and sinister like, why way. Why don't we? To kill I, that oh, I,
1: I got it. So I'm gonna make him with a knife carve on himself all the bad things he's done mm. and then I'm gonna just shoot him in the face when he's done that's how I'd do it cause that's creative <laughs> he uses my degree <laughs>
3: okay
1: Good. and he knows murder. the shot's coming and he knows the shot's coming
3: hmm.
1: so that's that's what I'll do it's, mm. and he'll learn a lesson before he dies don't do bad things you're gonna have to write it on your body
0: that is pretty creative
1: thank you thank you my mm. friend Burn <laughs> who I will not murder <laughs>
0: So Heath is texting me, and he says, "Are you recording? I've got a good way to kill someone."
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has the best ear; <laughs> he really
2: Heath, does. Would you
0: like to come up and share? Please do. Uh, stay from here. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> All right. Be very quiet, so we can hear Heath. Just put him in a hole and
1: make a diabolical day. We got, but you have to. The whole goal is to get that twenty-five percent increase of money, though immediately. Yeah, I guess, I guess the old age is just when they starve. So you're going to feed them and stuff? Uh-oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make them eat. Okay. I don't know. Okay. To stay alive.